0: Sloppy, wet, rainy, no, 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 not me, the weather, and uh, it looks like it's going to be that for a decent chunk of the day, but 52, 3, 4 degrees, a little warmer, windy though, Um, which is terrible for my hair, you combine the rain and the wind,
1: Mm, 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 mm. looks a little frizzy this morning, thank you for noticing.
0: That's Steve Gerzanich, Mary Vandeveld is uh, in traffic. I don't mean literally. I mean, she's covering it. And uh, how are people behaving, Mary, in general with the roads being wet and well, rain falling? Well, you
2: know, when rain falls, people start to get a little nuts. I think so. There's a lot of
0: accidents so far. Socrates said that first. When rain falls, people get a little nuts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Super Joe and uh, Viv producing this festival. Uh, that's Dave Ennett and that's G. Suki. I'm Steve, your radio friend. And uh, here's all Come here, you good morning listener well all of you for that matter all right so here's what's coming up on the show today chuck todd uh eric adelstein uh both talking politics uh dean is in mexico and we don't think he's coming back (laughs) uh jeremy colton as dave just said uh, talking blackhawks and tonight is the night that uh, brian campbell uh the lovely and talented soup campbell will get his one last shift um, let's think. Oh, and then after nine, a special visit from Andrea Darlis. Oh, that's awesome. <clears throat> because she's in here hawking one of her University of Illinois situations. Yes, wearing orange and blue, I'm sure. <laughs> she's bringing a chancellor in, so Mary oh. Vandeveld, if you need to go backwards and get any grades changed, today might be the day to talk
3: and about it. And you
2: know what? I forgot she was coming in. I have jeans on. That's not good when no. the chancellor comes. <laughs>
3: well, there's no dress code at the University of Illinois. Well, so.
2: No, but I could have worn a little orange or blue and and something. And as honored a alumni.
1: Yes. Mm, yeah, mm-hmm. We should lobby him to make uh, give you a doctorate, an honorary doctorate. oh i need
2: a sash
0: in in traffic dr mary vandeveld
1: doctor doctor
2: of traffic
0: doctor of congestion
2: (laughs) no it sounds like i have a sinus infection
0: oh yeah well fair enough i was just trying to make it a little more you know fancy uh somebody brought up last night i think it was maureen brought up last night as a matter of fact it was maureen uh brought up last night you know the congestion issue in the city it's not just uber it's not just lyft it's all the amazon trucks
4: Oh,
2: yeah. they yeah. are everywhere. Plus UPS. I mean, right. They're all everywhere.
0: Right. So I don't know if Maureen's behind it. I don't know if she's uh, you know in charge
2: of it. <laughs> she drives <coughs> the truck, but she's
0: she's a thousand percent right. And because, and again, those trucks are big enough. You get on any of the residential side streets in Chicago, you're not going anywhere. No, you have to wait till they drop whatever right. they're dropping on the porch. <clears throat> so, point being, Amazon with all their money, how about kicking
3: a little into the city? Well, when they start delivering by drone. <laughs> right? Well, or the, they're delivering... No, dro- I mean,
1: that's, seriously, that's...
3: Yeah, they he talked about good.
5: it. Right?
1: Well, but that they're not going to deliver by drone in the city. I don't think that's ever going to no. happen. I don't well, think that,
0: so either. And besides, if you're on your deck in the summertime on a nice evening, you get yeah. smacked right in the side of the head. Yeah. No. Especially
5: if you ordered uh, cat
2: litter via mail. That could be dangerous. Oh. You'd really
5: be knocked out.
2: Bombed. <laughs> I just yeah. like how they're dropping most of the stuff off of Kohl's now and everywhere else. That's good, because people don't have to put them on their porches and get them stolen, so... You can go to your Dropbox. Aren't we doing area. better catching the Porch Pirates
0: with the door ring video doorbell alarms and stuff? I don't I know. In think. my neighborhood, we have a we have a
1: rash of Porch Pirates happening right now. We see packages opened along the walkway, so it's been hmm. kind of a...
5: The problem scourge. is, sometimes your packages still get left outside of
0: a secure zone, so... Uh, that's why I've recommended, I don't know, for, for months... Now, a small amount of C4 explosive uh, <laughs> right on your first step that uh, you'll know to remove when you get home. Otherwise, porch pirate, boom. Do you have a door cam? Do I know? No security no. cameras then. No, he's got guards. Oh
5: yeah, you live in a gated community.
0: I've got uh, some Swiss guards because I like the outfits.
6: Now for some more news. Ready?
7: <laughs> Welcome
6: to the top six at six. What? On the Steve Cochran show.
7: That
8: is great radio.
7: This is
6: your first look
0: at what people, animals, and assorted fruits and vegetables <laughs> will be talking about today. 619, it's the Top 6 at 6 with an update from um, Tuesday's Kid of the Week and the glow belly technical problem that was had. Why is this making the top item on the Top 6 at 6? Because this is what everybody's going to be talking about.
5: <laughs> you were very concerned that view, uh, viewers, listeners... Um, and viewers. Yeah, couldn't find the glow belly.
0: There's a technical problem between um, the uh, Kid of the Week and mom and Etsy Mm
6: -hmm.
0: uh, getting it online so you could actually go and buy a glow belly or two or ten and uh, we believe it's now been fixed so G please give us the proper Etsy address to locate the glow belly spoken about on Tuesday's kid of the week I believe it's a podcast right yeah you can hear it as a podcast there as well
5: so go to Etsy.com E-T-S-Y dot com and uh, at the top at the search bar put in glow belly designs G-L-O-W B-E-L-L-Y-D-E-S-I-G-N-S, all one word, and the Glow Belly Teddy Bear will pop up.
0: It's a really cool thing the kid is doing, and uh, because of that, I want to make sure that if people want to buy it, they can find it. Very good of you. Mm -hmm. And
1: again, we have the link on our podcast, uh, WGNRadio.com.
0: Next! (laughs) Google unveiled yesterday new rules for political advertising. This on the heels of last night's latest Democratic debate and all the things going on with impeachment. Uh, Major tech companies are fighting to fend off criticism. They've done nothing to guard against the spread of misinformation. Uh, This happened just before the debate took place last night. Candidates addressed trade, climate change, and Trump. Uh, The exact details of what Google plans on doing, um, still a little bit up in the air. But if you happen to own property on the near west side, um, you should probably send a Christmas card to Google because your property values went up again. So uh, next. <clears throat> Chicago Board of Education had a six-and-a-half-hour meeting yesterday, approved new labor contracts for teachers and support staff. Seemed to be a formality after it was done, but it's never done till it's done. Uh, the school calendar includes five additional attendance days to make up for some of the canceled days in the teacher walkout. Uh, those days are November 27th. That's the day before Thanksgiving, which they would have had off, as well as January 2nd and 3rd. That would be coming back a little faster than you expected from the Christmas-New Year's break. And June 17th and 18th, which cut into winter and summer breaks, respectively. Any questions? Ah, good. Close your textbooks. Next. Illinois' budding legal pot industry could grow more than one million pounds of weed by 2025 to meet the demand of potheads across this great state. I see what you did there. Budding legal pot industry. Budding. Uh I like that. I should probably thank uh, Vivian for writing that pun. But then again, I don't like puns. It's too early, though, for me to add it on the fly. Uh, According to the report, the state will have to permit legal growers to vastly scale up production to reach that level, which is more than 14 times the amount that Illinois grows. So does that mean the state of Illinois, Steve, is going to be, you know, kind of lurking and skulking around streets going, hey, anybody carrying? (laughs) I don't know about that. (laughs) I hope not. Next! Quack. Gordon Sondland, we'll talk about this with Chuck Todd coming up, but Gordon Sondland uh, opened his uh, appearance yesterday. This is the former ambassador to the EU and guy that contributed a million bucks to Trump's inaugural uh, fund. Uh, Opened up his uh, situation yesterday. And Steve broke this with the following statement. I know that members of this committee have frequently framed these complicated issues in the form of a simple question. Was there a quid pro quo? Sondland said the answer is yes. Yes, there was. And off and running on a day where uh, if you're uh, favoring the Democrat side of things, you felt like he threw Trump and Giuliani and just about everybody else under the bus. And if it wasn't clear before, how could it not be clear now? If you're a Republican and you'll defend Trump uh, to the end, you don't feel that way at all. And you feel like he is still a hearsay witness and not someone who, in fact, saw anything that adds up to full facts. Uh, next. Quack. Time Out Market is going to make its long awaited debut today under one roof at 916 West Fulton. You're going to find 18 food stalls, three bars, a demo kitchen, a guest chef event space, an entertainment space, and oh, much more. Most of the action will take place on the first floor where 17 of the food stalls and the long time out bar form a perimeter around a massive seating area topped by an atrium roof. Now, is this going to be just a summer thing?
5: Oh, no, this is... um. I already, yeah, I already visited. It's beautiful. Uh, some of the best hand-picked uh, representations of local restaurants. It's, it's great. It's an ab- absolutely wonderful place to hang out or go and do a little work.
0: It's, so are there going to be like mini versions of restaurants?
5: Um. Yeah, there's all food stalls. So uh, a lot of popular restaurants that people maybe have trouble going to, or uh, they can now be at a price point that's a little bit
0: more within reach as well. And it's called Time Out Market? Yes. Is it from the people that did Time Out?
5: Absolutely.
0: Okay. And finally this, Burger King is melting down hundreds of thousands of toys, which will be turned into playground equipment and reusable table trays. Next year, McDonald's will offer the choice between a toy or a book with their Happy Meals. Environmental experts say it's not evident that these efforts would make a meaningful impact. How about, you know, how these environmental experts, how depressing are they? You know, at least the king and uh, Ronald McDonald are trying to do something good here.
5: Well, you always do hear those reports that say you should recycle, but then there's reports that say that it's not really sure whether recycling actually offsets the carbon Mm. footprint of creating the plastic and maybe recycling the plastic actually hurts the environment even more. I don't know.
1: Yeah, and then you see a whale with uh, Happy Meal toys in its stomach. Right.
0: Yeah. And and by the way, if the whale wants a book, the whale should ask for a book. (laughs) It would probably digest better. <clears throat> That's your top six at six.
1: That's it! That's all today for the top six at
4: six. No oh, more!
0: Do you know about this dog uh, on Michigan Avenue, the uh, The walking dog? Remember the walking man? Everybody remember the walking man, the guy that would just mm-hmm. always be seen going up and down Michigan Avenue? I think he died, didn't he? Yeah, he did pass away.
2: Yeah, I'm pretty sure.
0: Mm-hmm. Did... Oh. Uh, the But the walking man's no longer with us. The man, I don't think. Right. Right, okay. Sporty, the Magmiles' self-walking dog, is uh, um, s- sadly has passed away as well. Uh, I missed the memo on this. I don't know Sporty. Do you guys know Sporty?
5: I do not know no. Sporty. It's no, a Chicago
0: I- Tribune story. Steve, do you know? I had uh, seen the stories about him previously.
1: Yeah, very cute uh, golden retriever that carried his uh, leash in his mouth while he walked himself.
0: Oh, 80,000, 80, Instagram followers died on November 14th. 12 year old golden retriever was known for carrying his leash in his mouth during his daily walk. Uh, David Duncan is actually his human, but walk behind him. And if you weren't paying attention and you were just looking at the dog, you'd think, well, the dog, dog's out for a walk.
1: Uh, could you open the door? I'm going to take
0: myself for a walk. Yeah, he was a very good boy. That's my generic dog voice, by the way. It's a common trait in any retriever to hold something or present something, uh, says Duncan. He would always have to hold something no matter what uh, was nearby. He'd grab and bring me a towel, an article of clothing or something. Uh, Sporty was still relatively young when they would go on walks, and he'd start putting the leash in his mouth. And I mean, you think about it, Steve, just going up and down Michigan Avenue, there's a lot of stimulus there for a dog.
1: There is. Yeah, it's a, so uh, to be focused on something that uh, good, uh, that's a good good dog. Because yeah, my dog would be rampaging up and down the street. <laughs> he'd be jumping on people and trying to get food, and, and there'd be too much going Looking on. Looking for stuff to yeah, sniff?
0: Yep. Yep. Yeah. Well, how's that different than you? <laughs> Not much, really. It's uh, yeah. like owner, like dog. And then there's this, uh, one of their local story. Uh, Jesse Smollett is suing the city. Uh, you know, you can't make it up. Jesse Smollett, who made up a crime against him, cost the city thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars. You remember Mayor Rahm Emanuel on this show broke the news the city was suing Jesse Smollett. Jesse Smollett now says that he is suing the city for emotional pain and career damage.
2: Oh, please. You know, he's he's got to go away. <laughs> this
0: guy needs a lot of help, and he should never, ever, ever, ever be in Chicago again. Um, Where does he even reason. live now? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think he's in L.A. I don't know. Yeah, I stay in L.A. He says the $10,000 he was mandated to pay after the criminal case against him was closed should prevent the city of Chicago from seeking any further reimbursement. I forgot. What what did uh, the mayor, Mayor Emanuel, say was 170000 or something he was trying to get? In January, Smollett told police he was attacked by two masked men and he was walking home from a Chicago subway restaurant about two in the morning and said the openly gay actor that the masked men beat him, taunted him, made homophobic and racial slurs and yelled, this is MAGA country. This occurred in one of the most Democrat cities in America, in a particular neighborhood in that most Democrat city that wouldn't have a MAGA hat anywhere nearby. And if a tourist came in with one, it would just instinctively pop off their head. <laughs> uh, so bad research by him. And, of course, shortly after, we saw the two hired thugs to fake beat him up in uh, the the crafty beaver store, buying the accoutrement to uh, go ahead and uh, do the fake, uh, the punch out. Kim Fox put a commercial on a couple of days ago saying she blew it. She could have handled it better. She owns that jesse jesse smollett follows that up a day later with a lawsuit against the city and the only goal here has got to be that the city will settle because they want this guy guy in this case to go away i personally hope the city doesn't give him a freaking dime again if you missed the memo on this this guy faked a crime wasted hundreds of thousands of dollars in uh, the city's money um Made it harder for anybody, including any young African-American man, to actually report a crime legitimately and not be questioned um, in a a touchy situation. Uh, Made it harder for the gay residents of Chicago. Made it harder for everybody. And he's suing the city. He should be so thankful he's not in jail. He should just go away. But that's what's going on, kids. Some good news, some bad news, because that's the world we live in. Um, I have some porch pirate statistics. This comes from safewise.com. And uh, Chicago is sixth in the country for porch piratry. <laughs> is that for piracy? For most porch? <laughs> piracy? Uh, yes. Here are the uh, top ten. Sacramento at ten, L.A. at nine. The problem with L.A. porch pirating, you got to walk so far. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's no. There's no but the weather is nice. The weather's nice, but I mean, you know, you got to get a lot of steps in. Uh, number eight is Denver. Seven is Austin, Texas. Uh, we are at sixth. Seattle's ahead of us. So is Baltimore, Portland, Salt Lake City, Utah. Number two.
5: No, I would never. imagine I wouldn't think that. of that at all.
0: And the number one porch Piratory, uh city is uh, the Greater San Francisco Metro Area. You'll notice New York is not on that list. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of stunning. It is. But it is. There are no porches in New York. Um, there's, you know, there's your little gated front areas where the guy comes by and carefully throws your package at your front door. Um, and Chicago is, shares the distinction of having uh, porch piracy go up statistically and significantly uh, during the holidays.
5: Oh, I would think that would happen everywhere because people are getting more deliveries.
0: Uh, Doesn't appear to. Hmm. For instance, Portland, San Francisco, Austin, L.A., Sacramento—all stable. Seems like if you're in L.A., you got you know better things to do other than
5: the go best steal part people stuff. Is if you're a porch pirate and you steal a box, and inside of it is a six-pack roll of toilet paper, right from Amazon, right?
0: <laughs> I do that. that. Maybe that's the secret because I order really awful things from Amazon all the time, <laughs> just in the hopes that some creep will come by and take them. That'll show them. That'll teach them.
5: Have you ever ordered something that you forgot you ordered? Um, or didn't realize you had ordered? No. Hmm. no. See, I have friends that order things.
3: What's the last thing you got like, from
0: Amazon? I probably order something once a month. I couldn't tell you what the last thing is. I got an air horn the other day. <laughs> what, what,
5: what are you going to do with that? What?
0: Going uh, to keep it for the basketball games? Northwestern no to, uh, sidelines? No, to
3: chase away the woodpecker. There was a woodpecker <laughs> pecking on my
1: house.
5: I knew it had to do with a creature or a rodent <laughs> or something.
1: I ordered something once from Amazon and it was delivered and I put it in a utility closet and forgot about it and just found it recently. I hope it wasn't ham. No, it was a, <laughs> it was a new sho- it was a new shower curtain. Wow. And I uh, completely forgot I had ordered it and forgot that it had came and cuz I said I'm going to put it here while I, you know, wait to put it in to install it and
0: and yeah. so it goes. Yeah.
1: I mean, it was there for like three months, and so I completely forgot about it.
0: A uh, friend Chuck Todd, Beat the Press, MTP Daily, and uh, the wonderful, and I mean that, must listen, Chuck Toddcast. Uh Good
9: morning, pal. How are you? Uh, good morning. I, I know that um, Amazon trick. You're, you're home, and you're like, you think you've got all the, you know, you're going to do the to-do list. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm going to do this, this, and this. You're like, oh, I don't have it. Mm-hmm. I'll pop it in Amazon. Mm-hmm. And then a month later, you're like, oh, I forgot to do that. Right. That's how, I, that's how I run into old Amazon boxes. Oh, I was motivated to put that to put that shower curtain up when I ordered it, not when it came.
0: It's a good, so, you know, you make an interesting point. It's a good stall <laughs> tactic on the honey-do list.
9: That's a great stall tactic. I've right. used it a million times. Honey, I got I to got order from Amazon. It's the coming. Home Depot's down the street. Oh, no, 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 no. Amazon's got a better price.
0: Uh, Chuck, uh, this week I ordered a quarterback, and uh, there was no quarterbacks <laughs> available with Prime.
9: They're still tracking that shipment. You know how they tell you that we're tracking that shipment. It's all over the map. They can't find a quarterback anywhere in the country. Even Jeff Bezos can't find it for you, brother.
0: Here's the thing. I can't remember a time where I hoped my starting quarterback was too injured to play.
9: That's because terrible. right, don't say it that way. You said it out loud, Steve. But the oh, assess- I'm gonna hate you.
0: The assessment right now is: is he healthy enough to play? And they think maybe. I don't want him to be in pain. I just want him too injured yeah. to play.
9: I still can't Have get you over at that 2007 draft list again. By the way, you uh, looked at it the, Yeah, the
0: 17 list. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
9: yeah. Yeah. Have you looked at it just to see all the people that were available? When when the Bears drafted Mitch Trubisky.
0: I'm just glad we passed up on Patrick Mahomes, because who needs that kind oh, of celebration? Well,
9: you know, it's a good thing you passed on
0: him. <laughs>
5: I'm, I'm still thinking that. about how you described him as emotionally broken.
0: Uh, yeah, Trubisky, yes, yeah, Chuck. I took some heat about this yesterday. I said it's possible he'll never be right again. It's possible he's so broken he'll never be able to play high level NFL Jeez. professional football again. And sad, and surprisingly, people
9: went, "What's what's wrong with you?"
5: It brought a tear <laughs> to my eye. It was so sad.
9: I just, I just thought you guys got rid of Jay Cutler. I didn't know you also just kept him. I mean, he just seems to be the reincarnation of him.
0: Hold on, I'm writing a letter right now. Dear
9: Jay. Down to the expression.
0: Dear Please Jay. Are going to apologize? Dear Jay, we're sorry. Please come home. <laughs>
9: <laughs> well, the last Super Bowl quarterback you had was Rex Grossman, right? Uh, that, that is right. That's correct. correct. Yeah, 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 yeah. That is correct. What okay. are you saying?
0: He's available? Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yes ah uh, Chuck Todd NBC political guru in charge of all things that you don't want to think about or talk about so you don't have to be huh? did your legs fall asleep
9: you know it's uh we call it anchor ass in the business <laughs> um and that's what I no I, I I named it I literally you get numb back there yeah and you do well think about it you've probably done those three hour shifts sure, of course. On, on drive time or something like that back and and you know if you don't stand up, you don't walk around, it is it is um that's what you end up wanting to do is just pace. But it is it is a lot of fun and helpful to watch one of these things with a guy like Andrew Weissman. Sure. Or you know, to watch these sure. with these really smart prosecutors. Um you, you uh it feels like um Feels like I'm auditing a law school class. It's kind
0: of fun. By the way, if you're wondering how Gordon Somlin made all his money, he's got what's said to be a luxury boutique hotel chain. I've stayed at the Hotel Preston in Nashville. It's nice. It's okay. But he made so mm-hmm. much money, he gave a million dollars to uh, Trump's inaugural campaign. No, no,
9: no, no, no. I love how he responded. He described it. He goes, I bought a VVIP ticket. That's what he called it. Oh. A VVIP ticket. Now it happened to cost a billion dollars. Oh. But he says, He gave a million dollars to the inaugural committee. He goes, I bought a VVIP ticket. <laughs> that's what they charge.
0: And then did he get the big goofy grin on his face?
9: <sighs> I, I guess. But it, it can I just tell you that was something? I, his why did he, he looked like he enjoyed himself more there than he should have? Absolutely. That was the only odd thing about his testimony yesterday. You know, the substance was alarming, and all those things. But his demeanor was odd to me. That's all. Didn't I totally agree. Guy, who was contrite about doing something wrong. It was almost like, oh, so that was wrong? Okay. Well, that was wrong. Got it. You know? Because he
0: changed so like, his testimony,
7: okay.
0: <laughs> because he changed his yeah. testimony before, is, is there a credibility question they're going to throw at the wall, like so many other things?
9: Um, if you were them, would you? I mean, of course. He's your he's your number one accuser right now. So, so yes. Um but I have to admit, it was really interesting. So Andrew Weissman is telling me, he goes, you know, this guy uses the word recall a lot. and He goes, that's code for me for the person doesn't want to. He knows more there, but he's afraid of the truth. Uh, and he wants to see how much he has to tell you. So you do the I don't recall. And, and then what that tells the prosecutors that they need to go get more proof that they know that he has information on this. And then, then they'll give. And it was right after that that John Patrick Maloney said you know went after him and said sir there's a lot of i don't recalls in here so let's not be all proud of yourself for changing your testimony twice and getting in here it was an important moment because i think sunlin needed to stop feeling good about himself. if that makes sense uh, like, it, but,
0: it does it, it, and as yeah. uh, we went through the day you're not a hero buddy yeah it was rather remarkable um how many people he threw into the bus now there's two things here one is if you believe in the president and you believe he's being railroaded, you're probably going to stay there. If you believe Trump yeah. should have never been elected, uh, you're probably going to stay there. What does this do to the people in the middle? Are they paying attention? What do you guys see in ratings, wise
9: Well, um, the numbers are. We haven't seen anything. Um, we didn't get the Tuesday. I haven't seen the Tuesday numbers yet, so I don't know. I'll be curious what what yesterday was um, on that front. But you know, let's look at this calculation from Gordon Solomon's perspective. Um, my wife pointed this out to me. She goes, you know, he might be the smartest one of these Trump, Trump, Trump appointees I've seen yet. And I said, why do you say that? And he goes, she goes well, he's looked around and see Roger Stone, convicted, not pardoned. Paul Manafort, convicted, not pardoned. Michael Cohen, convicted, not pardoned. And she goes, it's pretty clear it's a one-way street with Trump. So there's no incentive to stick by the guy. So why would you stick by the guy if, if unless you think he can help you? And if you're not an elected official, elected officials they gotta stick by the guy. He can help them, right? But if you're not an elected official, it's pretty clear if you're trouble, he's gonna cut you loose. So, Shawlin may have just made a business decision. He looked around and realized, oh, this is what happens. Right? Got it. I'm out of here, man. I, I ain't. I ain't going where those guys go.
0: So what's next? Because I'm curious as to why the Democrats are pushing for Mulvaney and Bolton and Giuliani.
9: See, Now, this is what I think they're. So now they have to make a decision. If this were a court case, they have enough. You know, we rest our case. We you know, they wouldn't they could provide more witnesses. If they need to. But they've got enough for a jury trial. They got it. They proved their case. Yeah, because you think of this as a but grand jury, will
0: you send it to trial, right? Is that the that the right. framework? Now,
9: That's what, well, no, but but in this case, I'm just fine. No, 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 I want to keep my courtroom metaphor here a minute, because I want to make a point. The Democrats, though, have to make a decision if they want to win the political argument. And if they want to win mm-hmm. the political argument, they need to keep investigating, and they need to keep finding witnesses. If they decide that, well, the presidential race begins in February... It's getting close to the end of the year. We have to wrap all this up and put it in a bow. Then they're letting the political calendar dictate impeachment, which I think they'll get criticized for, deservedly so. If this is, if, but if the president, if you believe the president's behavior is so egregious, then you need to leave no stone unturned. Mm-hmm. So I think that they have a dilemma to face after today, because after today there's no more scheduled hearings. They have to make a decision. How hard are they going to go? Look, of those witnesses that I'd like to hear from, Mulvaney, Rick Perry, Mike Pompeo, John Bolton, the only one realistically I think they can get is Bolton. At a minimum, I think they have to basically, they need to to make sure they get Bolton before they cut this off. They cut this off before they get Bolton, they're never going to win the political argument on this.
0: What happens first? uh, The president torpedoes his own case by something on Twitter or a public statement or (laughs) anything else? (laughs) (laughs)
9: <laughs> yeah, I mean, the fact is, Trump himself has been his own worst enemy with all of this. Um, I I just, you know, it, it, I I remember saying this to my staff. I said, you know, the one thing about impeachment, there's a lot of political risk here for the Democrats. But there's one truism that should benefit them throughout this is that it will surface the worst version of Trump. and And he can't handle this. Right? He cannot handle this, and it's pretty clear. So we're seeing the worst version of him, which means God only knows.
0: This holiday season, please remember your favorite anchor is We Raise Money in the first-ever radio television <laughs> Anchor-Ass oh, fundraiser.
9: Anchor-Ass? Yeah. <laughs> Do you suffer from Anchor-Ass? Is there a numb feeling down there?
0: <laughs> I think we just wrote SNL sketch for the
9: opener. There you, there, there you uh, go. I don't know, man. They've they, 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 They've had some great ones. So. I don't know if that one will work as well.
0: All right, Chuck. Enjoying the work by you as always. Thank you.
9: You know what's amazing? You forgot to ask me about the Democratic debate, which tells you the problem the Democrats running for president have, Steve. It's a good you point. You did the analysis right there by not bringing a it point. up. good
0: point. No, it's a good point. Yeah, All right. You're right. 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 Thank you, sir. <laughs> Goodbye. That's Chuck Todd. And uh, that Democratic debate he speaks of last night, uh, there seems to be a big surprise. Mixed takes on who actually, quote, won and who may have Lost and how concerned folks are about whether or not Biden's up for the run. So, uh, we'll get into that a little bit with Eric Edelstein coming up. It's uh, coming up on 7 o'clock. We'll get to the news in just a second. I mentioned Eric Edelstein on uh, The City, The State, and The Democratic Debate. I think I just wrote a new song. Uh, Dean in Mexico uh, later on as uh, he continues to run some sort of illegal contraband across the border. Which band composed that song, dude? Uh, I did. Oh, which band? Which band? I mean, you've been in so many bands. It's very true. And it's hard for me to remember who gets the publishing rights on these things. Uh, the T-Swift thing happened all over. It's <laughs> exactly right. Jeremy Colleton, coach of Blackhawks, coming up after 8.30. And the chancellor of the University of Illinois, after 9. Pat Brady's on a plane to San Diego to go get his two lovely daughters to come home for Thanksgiving, which means my friend Eric Adelson and I will talk about uh, the world, uh, along with G. Yi and... And Dave, if he wants to uh, throw something in here. Mary and Steve. Hi, Eric. How are you? Good. Can we just talk about Pat?
10: Um,
0: we could, but is that interesting enough to get not through really, more than one second? Not really. Okay. Uh, so let's start with the debate last night. You watched, I assume? I did.
10: Mm-hmm. And as a card-carrying uh, Democrat, how did you feel? Well, I felt good because conventional wisdom was wrong. Everyone said it was going to be a pile on Pete, given that Pete Buttigieg is leading in the new Iowa poll, that he'd be the new front-runner, and everyone would try to slam him. He pretty much skated through. Um, I don't think anything really changed last night. Um, everyone was seemed to be on their best behavior. There weren't any breakthrough moments. I don't think it fundamentally changed the trajectory of the race. But here, here's an interesting um, possibility. I know we love to do these parlor games on what if mm-hmm. uh, on this crazy field. But there's a scenario. Literally, there could be a scenario where in the first four states, Iowa, New Hampshire, Nevada, South Carolina, you have four different winners. Think about this for a second. That would elongate this, So you have, I don't think that's necessarily
0: good
1: for the Democrats. No, 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 no not
10: good, but let's say Pete wins Iowa, Warren yeah. wins New Hampshire, uh, Biden wins South Carolina, and Bernie wins Nevada. Then you have Super Tuesday coming up, and hey, here comes Bloomberg with all his money, and he starts to buy a bunch of primary wins and rack up delegates. I mean, this thing could get pretty wild. The uh,
0: consensus is if it extends... Like it used to. Frankly, it used to go almost always, almost to the convention or to the convention itself. It wasn't that long ago, 30, 35 years ago, I suppose. Uh, That's not great for Democrats because the incumbent president would have all that front time to just fire away on Twitter and other things while the Democrats are trying to figure out who they support.
10: Yeah, I'm not in that camp. I mean, I think a, a, a robust, healthy primary is good. I mean, Obama, Hillary went down to the wire. Well, you do this every day. So if the... Uh,
0: the uh the candidate isn't chosen till close to the convention which yeah. will be august is
10: the electorate even now so disconnected that that's okay well there's two reasons it's okay one there is a democratic infrastructure that is raising a lot of money outside of whoever the nominee is to take the attack to trump number one so there will be money spent online on television whatnot mm-hmm. making the argument number two it it It's less time, frankly, for Trump to tear that candidate down. Um, and and I do believe when you have these very contested primaries, you, yes, it it can be exhausting, but you end up with a nominee who's battle tested, who's stronger because they've gone through the gauntlet. And look, they're going to be up against a a knife fighter, a guy who doesn't play fair, who gouges out eyes and kicks in the groin and does all that stuff, and they better be ready for the fight. Yeah. So I'm not one who thinks a long primary process is necessarily bad. Okay.
0: As I said, this is what you do every day, so it's an interesting take on things. Uh, Was there a
10: clear winner last night? I don't think so. And again, like I said, I don't think it fundamentally changed uh, the trajectory of the race. I think what was interesting is Warren and Sanders were almost a little more sidelined, where they've sort of dominated in some of the other debates. This was really more um, kind of the moderates Mm -hmm. taking center stage. Um, I still for the life of me, don't understand why uh, Kamala Harris keeps picking a fight with Tulsi Gabbard. She's punching below her weight. Well, I'm glad you
0: brought up Tulsi Gabbard because uh, she's uh, an interesting, um, weirdly uh, (laughs) non-affiliated, alleged Democrat uh, um, who seems to be really gumming up the works here a little bit. So at what point do you right. give her a parting gifts? I
10: mean, she's kind of sand in the gears. She really seems to irritate uh, the other candidates. And she's somebody who has no chance of being the nominee. I don't know why they're spending time and energy talking about her, attacking her. They don't doesn't seem to help any of them. So no. it just seems like wasted breath. Uh, more coming up and uh, lots
0: to talk about locally and statewide as well. Can we all agree that Bernie Sanders looks great since his heart attack? We're not advocating a heart attack, but he looks pretty good. He does. Yeah. Don't have the heart attack. Just lose weight. It's uh, Bernie. He just called just a second ago. It's uh, 718. We uh, re-welcome Eric Adelson. Company name is what? AL Media. AL Media. And uh, it's always nice to have you here. Appreciate your time and all that. How about a couple of pieces of quick good news here? Texter says, my neighbor shoveled my driveway twice recently. I'm baking a banana bread. Love thy neighbor. It's a nice story. That's great. And Christy is a, uh, um, a dental hygienist. She's driving along. There's a cop behind her. Cop pulls her over. She's naturally stressed out. Anytime a cop pulls you over, you are. It was her Marseille's policeman said. Do you know why you were pulled over? She said no. And he said because we're giving you a turkey for Thanksgiving. Went back to the car and handed her a turkey. Oh wow! Isn't that That's nice. The best. Yeah. It's a nice great. story. Was it cooked? Um yeah the full dinner was cooked. They have the you have to go back and now forth. Now that
5: would be nice. I was thinking was it properly refrigerated <laughs> in a cooler? <laughs> it's
0: amazing how you two can take the love out of that story. Wow. Uh at 719 G has a question for you Eric speaking of all that. Sure.
5: Oh yes, well speaking of turkeys, um and getting along with everybody and good stories. How are you going to handle Thanksgiving? Uh, next week, and what advice do you have for people facing maybe people from different opposite sides of the get aisle? get Chinese,
10: so you don't get the arguments. Yeah, yeah. He, I, I do, and I, I don't mean to sound sappy, but I think it's perfect segue out of those two stories you just told, Steve. Mm-hmm. Is, is is in all not seriousness, my first day? <laughs> in all seriousness, <laughs> find common ground to talk about, and I don't mean that can't be politics, but I think in the context of politics, agree to disagree. Without being disagreeable and say, let's not yell at each other. Let's not hate each other. You're not my enemy because you support Trump or you hate Trump. Let's, let's talk about what makes us Americans. And I'm not saying you have to sit around and, you know, say the Pledge of Allegiance and hold hands. But I do think if we can't get back to some common ground, some belief system to say, you know what? We do have enemies and they're around the world. They're not us. We're not each other's enemies. It's seriously. My advice would be: sit at that table and and find the meaning of Thanksgiving. And, you know, forget all the politically correct stuff, but go back to your childhood notion of the pilgrims and the Native Americans found something to break bread over. Forget the revised history and all that. And the, yeah, play along with the story for the sake of Play along with this. the story for the sake of the story. Yeah, yeah. And find some common ground with someone you don't agree with. And I think that will all be better off for it. Well, that sounds all
5: good and well, but what if you have that one relative <laughs> oh, here you go. that wants Uncle to Hank. talk and won't stop talking, whatever side he's on. I know what you mean. Maybe he's Hank. a non-voter. Maybe he just doesn't care, but he wants to talk about it, or right. she wants to talk about it, and is relentless. What are your, uh, you know, fail-safe...
0: Lock them out. Yeah, Fools, fo- 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 Put them out in the yard and lock
10: the front door. <laughs> talk about football. Okay. Football. Great.
0: I will say this, uh, and uh, I don't know who I heard this from, but I like the idea, um, when the temperature starts to rise uh, in the room, <laughs> um, <laughs> simply say, okay, we're going to go around the table, and everybody has to say one thing about the greatest thing about living in america what's the greatest there thing about living in this country right and whatever their answers are spur different conversations and suddenly you're off politics and you're united by one thing we're all lucky to be here and when
10: the one guy when the uncle says and then uncle hanks trump's president wow. and then the someone takes the fork and tries to go after him oh <laughs> that's a great that's great advice right yes. yeah i yes. think so as well
0: all right so as we continue let me get back locally here we talked about uh, this congestion in the city, and, and my wife Maureen brought up the fact that this isn't just an Uber thing. No. Why can't Amazon kick a little money in for all the trucks they've brought into the area? And, uh, you know, UPS obviously has to step up their game as well. Can't Bezos help pay for a few things
10: in Chicago? You'd think so. This is a problem not just here, New York, in L.A., yeah. And, you know, it's one of those um, externalities that comes from um, this online economy. And everything. everyone wants everything convenient, and they want it right now. Well, there's a cost to that. Uh, And we're seeing it in, in these cities. I think it also is a function of, not to get to the broader conversation, of you have really unregulated industry. And this country does best when you have capitalism that can thrive and create jobs and be entrepreneurial, but that there is some regulation that makes it work for everyone and not just for a few. So how do you put that into play? Well, there's different ways. There's congestion taxes. There's limits on uh, downtown accessibility. But you can, as a municipality or a town or a city,
0: um, write laws that say if you drive an Amazon truck or you drive a UPS truck, you're going to have to pay this.
10: You have to pay this. You could say we could really enforce double parking, so you can't be doing this. You could uh, That's my favorite when you're trying to go down any residential street and they block the street. Particularly at rush hour. I mean you you, you could enforce those laws. You could say deliver there's certain delivery hours. You know how there's signs that say delivery between these hours, make those deliveries on those hours. And if people are a little inconvenienced, that's too bad. The other thing, go to going to the rideshare situation, you know, for years you controlled the number of, of, of taxi medallions. For a reason. One because you were subsidizing that industry. Go to and, Arizona, had on the street. and you had less cars on the street. Now there's no regulation. Anybody can, can be an Uber or Lyft driver, and, you know, it, it's just kind of a glut.
0: All of that is better than a congestion tax paid by everyone that works here.
10: I agree. I mean, I, I don't like the idea of, oh, you have to pay a tax if you want to bring a car into the downtown. I think that's elite, and I think that discriminates and ends up being kind of a regressive tax. But I do think there are other interesting progressive public policy solutions to some of these congestion issues. They're, they're doing some of them. They're looking at some of them in some of the Pacific Northwest cities, in Portland, Oregon, and Seattle, Washington, which also have congestion problems, but you know have a little more, I'd say, enlightened view of, of ways to handle some of these things. Uh, as we continue, uh, state government, I know, is not your beat, but we
0: still have this ongoing discussion of... Um trouble for potentially trouble for mike madigan and and ethics reform and all of that is there anything new you've heard since we last got together
10: well you know we had this lincoln forum uh event where we had oh, yeah. some great uh Panels, Yeah, we had some great panelists who talked about the issue reporters who were covering it um we had the the former head of the chicago fbi office and um you know, Robert, Robert Grant? Robert Grant, yeah, yeah. and he he was terrific, and uh, he, he had a great story about bin Laden, by the way, which has nothing to do with Illinois corruption, but I thought it was fascinating. Somebody you can tell on the air? Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. The story. Well, what he was saying, they were talking about wiretaps because yeah, of all yeah. these state senators and aldermen who were wearing wires, and sure. Dave McKinney asked, well, how has the technology changed... On these wiretaps, and Grant was saying when he first came in, they were like video cassette tapes, and someone would be wearing a wire, and they'd be scared to death because they basically had a suitcase attached to their body, right? and the technology's gotten better, and then he was asked more detail, and they said, well, we, I can't go into it because there are certain... Recording devices that are for national security purposes And we don't tell the U.S. Attorney's Office Because they want to use them for corruption cases But we don't want the terrorists to know And he says, here's why When the SEALs captured Bin Laden They Mm -hmm. got his hard drive Mm -hmm. They brought it back to the New York FBI office And on that hard drive Was every arrest of a terrorist the FBI had made And the tactics they'd used Wow Wow. That's incredible an amazing story Mm -hmm. that Bin Laden was tracking Was this an informant? Was this a wiretap? was this somebody who turned and the was fact this that an he infiltration information and he had it on his computer so he's saying Grant's saying the FBI has these devices we don't tell anybody about cuz we don't want people to know oh that can be used as a as a wiretap yeah and the fact is in the leak culture we live in nobody can keep a secret right so but he was saying interesting these US attorneys are like oh give us the good right. stuff and they're like right. yeah yeah you don't get that stuff right <laughs> you know? wow that's scary on a whole different level, isn't right, it? Right, isn't it? Good
0: All story, right. though. 726, lots more to go over with Eric Edelstein. By the way, if you have a question for Eric about love or finance, 312 981 is the number. You could text us, and uh, we'll try to get a few of those in as well. Uh, we were talking off the air, Eric, a moment ago about our level of confidence in uh, Mitch Trubisky. Um, do you share uh, my, um, I don't want to say wish, because that sounds yeah. harsh. Do you share my thought that maybe if he is dinged and he can't play, that's not so bad? Because um, even in this
10: season, we're know, not going
0: anywhere. I'd like the Bears look, to win. I I,
10: I I may have confessed this on the air before. I, I, I've grown up in Chicago, and I'm a huge Chicago sports fan, except when it comes to football. My dad's from Cleveland, Ohio, and I've grown up a Cleveland Browns fan. So I I take a weird view of the Bears. So you look Bears. up to the Bears. I, I sort of have an objective, you know, I see the craziness that yeah. people get yeah, about yeah, yeah. this team. And I get it. They were 12-4 and four last year. True Super Bowl aspirations. And the thing's just gotten away from them. That's, that's that's highly disappointing.
0: Remember the old game show, What's My Line? Yeah.
10: Don't you want the real Mitch Trubisky to stand well, up? Well, look, the sad thing is what 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 he's going to have the legacy, and and you know, pace is going to have the legacy of Deshaun Watson and Mahomes yep. for the rest of their careers, and you know that's I'm not sure that's fair to Trubisky. It's not his fault he was drafted too. He should have been lower in the draft. The expectations are unrealistic, and they gave up the world for him. So, you know, it's. And when your defense only gives up what less than twenty points in seven games yeah, in the NFL, yeah. you got to win games. Yeah, got to win, win five or six of those. But Chase Daniels not the answer. What I was my fantasy this week was: what if they got Kaepernick? That would they could get him for a steal. Well,
0: something went really badly in that tryout. That yeah, you know, unless you assume mass collusion, but something went badly enough in that tryout that teams went no. Yeah. No, we don't want to, we don't want to be part right? of this. Yeah. But they could
10: get him for a song, Dave, right? And wouldn't that be fascinating? I, I don't know. I
0: mean, it might be a, a long song. <laughs> 7.30. <laughs> we continue with Eric Edelstein, and uh, we're talking about, uh, about Springfield a little bit, and, uh, and the city a little bit, and the impeachment thing a little bit, and the Democratic primaries a little bit, unless there's something else you want to talk about.
10: No, that's, it was a slow news day in politics
0: yesterday, wasn't it? Here's the thing about Sondland. um <laughs> I think that's the kind of guy, if I'm in an elevator with him, I would want to go to the other side of the elevator. He just seems <laughs> so oily. So happy,
10: so pleased. I've
0: never seen anybody in, in any way, shape, or form testify to Congress under any circumstances be that happy they were there.
10: What was the, It was like a joke that he was in on that nobody else was. I want to know what it was. Yeah, I don't know. The meds kicked in hard? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know.
0: But the things he said were certainly damaging to the Trump argument. Yeah. Why aren't the Democrats fighting harder to get in Giuliani, uh, Bolton,
10: Mulvaney. Great question. Giuliani's tricky because it's lawyer-client privilege. I I don't understand the Bolton strategy. It seems like this guy wants to come and eviscerate Trump. Um, Unless, you know, maybe the Democrats on the committee know something I don't know, which obviously they do. But I don't know why he wouldn't just subpoena the guy and have him come in and talk, because it seems like Bolton... Because he's looking for that out, right? He wants to have a career in Republican politics going forward, and he wants to be forced to testify as opposed to volunteering. Right. And he's not somebody who ever pulls his punches. I mean, this is a guy who lets it rip, and I, I don't... He had a firsthand seat. He called it a drug deal. He said everything that Giuliani, Giuliani touched turned to caca. Mm-hmm. You know, all those, all that stuff that we've, we've heard secondhand, I think they need to hear from Bolton. But having said that, Silent was a devastating witness for not just Trump, but for the rest of that administration. I mean, here's a guy who they have nothing over because he's personally wealthy, who basically said they were all in on it. Mm-hmm. It was a big conspiracy, and, and Trump ran the thing. So, you know, the Republicans are trying to hang on to, well, but Trump said, He said to him, no quid pro quo, which is, you know, the classic Trump. When you're going to do something, you say publicly, I'm doing the exact opposite. By the
0: way, people shouldn't get involved in going too crazy about the memes that are out this morning and online. Somebody got a camera shot from behind the president with giant Sharpie writing that were his lines that he used when he stopped and do his mini press gaggle yesterday. He's a 74. 4 year old man yeah i think that's right 74 year old man if he needs to write in big sharpie no matter what he says so what <laughs> there's other things to talk about care. here
10: you know and he, he's not a latin speaker so he had to write quid pro quo down right right, down the thing. right but look I, I the testimony was was pretty devastating I, I it'll be interesting to see where it goes from here i would like to see bolton testify um but it was it was an indictment of pence it was an indictment of trump mulvaney um, certainly an indictment of the Secretary of State. It was just uh, it was an evisceration.
0: Um, the Democrats also have an opportunity to extend this out to make sure they talk to everybody yeah. or wrap it up by Christmas. Wrapping it up by Christmas is clearly politics. I yeah. know this is a political thing in its entirety, but don't the Democrats run the risk of looking like it was just for show?
10: Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a balance between, you know, how long do you keep it going and can you keep people's interest in this versus being thorough and getting through it? You know, the Republican talking points, of oh, this is a show trial and this isn't for real. I think when you start to look at the substance of the testimony, it's, it's pretty clear this is very, very real and very threatening to the Trump presidency, whether that means he gets removed from office or it just hurts his reelection campaign. Um, this is pretty devastating to him. I'd like to see the Democrats play out the process as long as it takes. Without being unreasonable in that, and not trying to artificially wrap it up by Christmas. What are you hearing? You can tell us all the secrets. I think it's going to go you. into January, and in February. Okay. I do. Uh, I think this is. I think they will not be wrapped up. I think there's just too many people to hear from, and I think that that. Um, you know, there can be too many recess days with the holidays coming up that I don't see how they wrap this up by Christmas.
0: More coming up with uh, Eric Edelstein. And uh, you guys, again, you're welcome to text 312 In case you missed it, Jesse Smollett, who faked a crime, is suing the city. That takes, uh, you talk about caca? That takes caca. <laughs> Eric Edelstein is here, and um, I, I, we can put this impeachment thing to bed for now. We don't know if there's going to be more witnesses going from here or not, but one thing I would recommend to people: there's a lot of folks who um, apparently gone on Yelp and trashed the uh, the Providence Hotel chain, yeah. which is owned by uh, Gordon Sondland. First off, I think if you can afford what's called a boutique luxury hotel, you're probably not going to Yelp for your recommendation for it. But even so, this is the new world we
10: live in. Yeah. If I can mass trash something that means something to you, I'm going to do it. It's the shame. It's the shame culture that we're in. You know, um, the president. Obama gave a great speech about this, you know, cancellation culture, cancel yeah, culture, cancel culture. Yeah, and you know, well, it, that was it, a great. It, it's just it's 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 almost medieval now, where we stone people in the public square mm. as soon as they're accused of something or we don't like them. It's everyone's horrible. triggered,
5: everyone's on. Itch. Right, but it's just and it's, it's a soundbite culture, though. I think it started with this soundbite culture. I think sure. media perpetuated it.
10: Well, social media
0: it. Well, there's an assumption that we know what we're talking about. Right. And therefore, we're going to immediately write it and post it That's to right. show people we know what we're talking about. When we weren't in a room, we weren't in a meeting, we don't have any background, we're going
10: off something we heard or something we read a headline on. That's a really dangerous place to live. Where was all this anger and all this hatred before social media? What, what did we do with it? Did people just swallow it and... You know, Oops. it's it's just this kind of explosion of hate that comes
0: out online. I, I, think, I think, and gee, I think you're saying the same thing. I think the access to it yeah. perpetuates it. It's yeah. so
5: easy, and it's so immediate.
0: Everybody has um, their own show now.
5: Mm-hmm. Everyone's their own...
10: Broadcaster. Right. Yeah.
5: What are the uh, Democrats doing, if anything, about uh, social media and fake ads? Because Facebook isn't going to do anything, so... Right.
10: Uh, you know, Google has taken some steps. They've announced some new ad ad rules that they're putting in place for some more transparency. You know, it, the, the, the tech companies need to do more. This, these are very sophisticated state actors, Chinese government, Iranian government, Russian government, where they have very, very sophisticated operations to infiltrate these things. But it
5: seems... That some private money needs to be thrown. Well, you know
10: what needs. You know what needs. To, I don't mean interrupt. Yeah, bit, no. Needs to be done. Is the federal government. I know, but and the problem is this administration won't do it. Congress has allocated money for mm-hmm. it, um, but it's, but McConnell held it up, and then Trump won't do it. But if we're going to take on state actors who are trying to infiltrate our democracy, we got to have a state response. Meaning, the federal government has to get involved in this, and they're not.
0: We know for a fact that the House has, in fact, passed several bills that Mitch McConnell has not brought to the floor. Yeah. Um, There is no reason for the constant conversation that the worst thing about any sort of impeachment examination is that nothing gets done. The actual committees that hear from these witnesses are a very small percentage of the members of the House and the Senate. There is work getting done. There are conversations getting done. But both
10: parties hide behind this. Well, I can't get anything done now. Right. Right. Look at us. Right. Well, I don't always agree with Bernie Sanders, but he said last night that Congress can walk and chew bubble gum at the same time. I know it's a bad impression, but that's what he said. And the fact of the matter is uh, there are things they can do. And I'll just go, again, get on my soapbox and say I don't care if you're a Democrat or Republican. There's one thing Congress should agree on, which is we should, we should be protecting... The way people vote in our democracy Absolutely. from foreign intruders. I don't care who it helps or who it hurts. is amazing how that's the initial problem, and we just have so lost right. that message. Right. Oh, it's okay. Let the Russians, the Chinese, the Iranians come in here and, and screw around with our elections. We don't care. I mean, come on. It's outrageous. That's what's so infuriating when Mark Zuckerberg
5: says, oh, we can't help. We can't really throw enough behind this to solve this problem. Meanwhile, they're aggregating all of our private information and selling it for billions of dollars. You can figure that out. You can figure out how to protect us as well.
10: Their business model is eyeballs, and there's no financial incentive for them to do anything unless the federal government or other regulatory bodies say, you're going to do this or you're going to pay the consequences of it. We sit here 348 days from next
0: year's election you hear it, I hear it all the time. Why vote? It doesn't matter. Yeah, Especially
10: in Chicago. We all know who's going to win. It doesn't matter. What do you say to people in the Senate? I say if you're upset with the moment, if you find it overwhelming or anxiety-producing, or you're scared of the future, then you better participate. If you don't, then don't complain and don't talk about it. And I think, I know G's looking at me with that, uh, I'm very worried about who's going to vote. I do think you're going to have historic turnout in this election. I mean, you had it in 2018. You had the highest midterm turnout since, I think, uh, I think 1912 or 1920, some, something like that, and I think you're going to have an historic turnout in this presidential election, and that's ultimately healthy. And
0: math is the winner. Math is always the winner. That's right. Because all you hear is the base, the base, the base. If only the far left and the far right show up to vote. Right. Yeah, you're going to get what you expect. If everybody shows up to vote, anything's possible. And Donald J. Trump was the last person who thought he would be elected in 2016. Right. And that sort of thing can happen in a local race a government race uh, or a statewide race and obviously a
10: national race you've right. got to vote and here's what I would say I, I, this is a little contrary to the conventional wisdom which is we're so polarized and everybody's in one camp or another I fundamentally believe having done campaigns a long time we are still a pendulum nation and people swing back and forth and I think that's why you talk about oh these there are these, these, these Obama Trump voters you know there were Reagan Democrats you know the 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 middle of this country swings back and forth and don't identify with a party.
5: I just meet so many people, though, that don't vote because they truly don't feel that anyone cares about them. It's an absolute excuse. And anything that happens in D.C. or even in local government it's not going to affect them or make their lives easier. Well, and here's
0: here's the ultimate truth that um, uh, what Congress does every day and what the state government does every day affects your life dramatically more than who the President of the United States is 90% of the time. And all it takes is some research. And I don't mean a lot of research. You could spend 30 minutes on a place like Ballotpedia right. and find out and who think your candidates are and talk about it. And, and the judges The Illinois judges are always rated on whether right. or not they should be approved or not approved.
10: you got to put a little work into it. And I just think that, that mindset, and i n- not criticizing you, I, I hear that too, is self-perpetuating. Mm-hmm. And if you say it's not going to matter, then it doesn't matter because people don't participate. And so you have to reverse that trend and get people involved in the process. I Again, people are so upset. And again, I'm not saying just people on the left. People on the right are pretty stoked, too, that I just think you're going to have a healthy, robust turnout in this election. Um, Headed into uh, Thanksgiving, um, I want to thank you.
0: You know, people say, what are you thankful for? I say, I'm thankful for Eric. I think that's (laughs) clear. Um, I know your daughter's coming home from school. I hope you have a great family Thanksgiving. Thanks, you too. And uh, thanks for all you do for coming in and talking about this stuff, because it matters. And uh, it's great to have your perspective all the time. Thanks for
10: having me, and thanks for doing this. And I wish you guys all a happy Thanksgiving.
0: And uh, we'll come back in uh, just a second and continue. Dean will join us from Mexico. Well, of course he will. We'll see how the wall's coming. Uh, next, at seven, well, I read it to the news, I should say, and uh, the Northwestern Medicine newsroom is where we'll go next. Some changes around here. Uh, a brand-new company uh, owns this radio station, and uh, it's called Nexstar. And if you uh, spend a lot of money buying a company, you get to make whatever changes you like. Um, one of those changes, which I'm excited and disappointed at the same time, is that G is going to be leaving the show, after, I believe, the shortest tenure of anyone that's worked with me, <laughs> I am excited for you to host your own show. You're going to be hosting the noon business lunch, um, but I hope you'll still take my call.
5: Of course, and I hope to be a good steward for the show, for a show that uh, has been cultivated so wisely and with so much care by Steve Bertrand. So, hopefully I can live up to uh, his standard.
0: That'll all be coming up on the uh, first Monday in December, as will a new time slot, if you will, a new change. We're getting up earlier. This may be why G's leaving. Uh, But the show goes from 6 to 10 to 5 to 9, starting on Monday, December 2nd. So... Uh, we will still have Steve Grzanich's perspective on business. Steve's done a phenomenal job with the opening bell. And uh, Steve will uh, have uh, uh, an education for me on business each morning and uh, information for you as well.
5: Will I still get a chapter in the book that you're going to write, even though it was such yeah, a short just, tenure?
0: I'm just not sure where I'm moving it. Oh, no. Forward in the book or backward? Oh, uh, but anyway, uh, there's a lot of folks who are texting this morning about a number of things that have come up in the media this morning as well. And that's just a piece of it. And we'll talk more about it next week. Let's go south. I don't know what the word for foolish is in Spanish, but, you know, I could throw it out at my friend, Dean Richards, in the middle of El one dopo. of his... Uh, I'm sorry?
7: El dopo.
0: <laughs> <laughs> La Morana? I like, that the kind
7: Amer- of I like the Americans who just add L... To every everything, and then an O at the end to make it sound like they're trying to speak Spanish.
0: You know what I saw in Prague? Because you think it's a cliche, but it's really not. I saw, and they, they weren't on the trip with us, but I saw some American tourists talking louder in English. You know the move I'm talking about?
7: Yep. I saw it yesterday myself.
0: <laughs> Somehow, because if it's louder English, those who don't speak it will understand it better?
7: Yeah, I don't. I don't understand. It's embarrassing. Um, and, and the fact of the matter is, is that you know, at least here, you know, this is a tourist uh, place, Cabo, uh, where I am in Mexico. Through some interviews, hard work, hard grueling work, I my add. Right, of course. The, that um, everybody speaks English, so there is no need to uh, scream your words at people. <laughs> hopes that they will understand you better they probably went you know finished college and have uh been pretty good uh, understanding of what's happening all
0: right so remind people why you're there and again tell people in case they missed it yesterday what you were told about the ocean when you checked in
7: oh don't go in the ocean it'll kill you <laughs> uh, yeah that's what uh, i i some like two or three other people told me that yesterday uh, because, uh, I'm, first of all, I'm here. I'm not having fun. This is not. No. Uh, Twerk. This is not, a, a, you know, relaxing. It's the 80-degree weather. it's the trouble he's seen. You know, you could get. I, 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 I have to stay out of the sun. You, it's very dangerous. I'm putting my life in jeopardy just walking around in the sunshine. And <laughs> this beautiful weather. Uh, you know, it can be dead. that's something else that could kill you if you're not. Uh, it's not just the undercurrent.
0: I certainly hope
7: Dave but, the
3: Dean brought sunblock. Well, sunblock, probably an SPF seventy-five, something like that. But you also have to watch for shells on the beach oh, because those sure. will
7: cut you. It, yep, they sure will. I mean, this is uh, this is a very very dangerous place. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but I put my life on the line because that's the kind of dedicated. So, so that we don't kind of have to. to. And
0: what stars were you forced to talk to?
7: Well, I haven't talked talked to them yet. I'm gonna to talk to them today. Okay. Uh Dwayne Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Kevin Hart, uh Jack Black, Danny DeVito, and
5: um Aquafina.
7: Uh, uh oh yes, Aquafina. She's uh, in this new Jumanji movie. Thanks very much. <laughs> You've There's been traveling a lot uh yeah and uh so you know it's the, it's the stars of this new dumanji uh the next level movie so we're going to talk to them today and then i'm going to hop on a plane and thank goodness come back to someplace where it's safe chicago illinois uh so that's that's what it was but here's what i did yesterday not a damn thing
0: Oh, is that right so was there a reason yeah. you were in town early
7: uh, well, they uh, showed us the movie uh, oh, two sure. nights ago. Got, it. Got uh, it. Tuesday, yeah, Tuesday night we saw the movie, and then uh, yesterday they had a day of activities for the press for people who wanted to go bungee jumping uh, or zip lining. Uh, neither of those two things appeal to me uh, in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. So. I did the more dangerous thing, and that's just hang out at the pool all day. <laughs> uh, had uh, some tropical drinks. That was dangerous. I got a brain freeze at one point that you know, almost killed me. You was, listen, sad, listen sad. you
0: are lucky to be alive, and thank goodness for you. Yeah. When we come back, we'll true. talk a little show business, and also I have a clown story because, Dean, he loves the clowns. Back to Dean, live from Mexico. What part of Mexico are you in again? Camo San Lucas. All right, stand by, Dean. One second. I have important information. I forgot to impart, and now I just remembered seconds ago. Uh, Blackhawks fans, your local Chevy dealers are giving a gift of glass seats just in time for the holidays. Give the ultimate stocking stuffer: two seats on a glass. How generous is Chevy to do this? Incredible. It's not just white lightning. That fabulous vehicle that I'm driving That's around. Part of it. I'm telling you right now, you get two seats on the glass, you're going to be up, well, face-to-face with Taves and Kane and everybody with these glass seats. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com. No purchase necessary. Must be 18 or older to enter. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com. Get in on this now. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and drive with Kane and Taves Drive. Catch Living Healthy Chicago this Saturday
3: at 9 a.m. Learn about the struggles and successes of everyday Chicagoans with health and fitness. Living Healthy, Saturday, 9 a.m. on WGN-TV.
7: So,
0: Dean, I think your love for clowns has been well-documented.
7: I'm uh, proud of that. It's, it's not like you know all clowns, but you know when it comes to WGN's Bozo, the history of Chicago, uh, you know Chicago children's TV, the Bozo and Cookie the Clown, and, and so forth. Yes, I am I am a lover of the Red Nose.
0: So this is a text, not to this show, but a text yesterday afternoon. I have no idea what the context of it was or what they were discussing <laughs> on the air at the time, but I could not help but think of you. I'll read it. I was involved in a car accident with my two young children. We were struck by a car driven by a clown in full clown regalia, including makeup, outfit, wig, and shoes. When the clown stepped out of the car and came over to my vehicle, she, the clown, was upset to see kids in my car. The clown said, oh, no, not again. (laughs) So, should obviously the large question plaguing society, Dean, is
7: should clowns drive? No, they should not. They absolutely should not. This Aren't, is their, why yeah. whenever,
2: Aren't their feet too whenever, big for the pedal?
7: Well, you know, for one thing, not all clowns have the giant feet, but most do. Uh, but whenever Bozo makes an appearance, Bozo has a driver, Bozo has a handler. Uh, to make sure that everything stays safe, because I've been in the car. I've driven Bozo many times myself. I've seen the photos. Uh, yeah, and, um, you know, I've I've been in the car when Bozo is in the car, always in the passenger seat, always buckled up. <laughs> and when people are driving and they see uh, Bozo in the car, they slow down, they beat their horn. Uh, these days, people actually slow down, open their windows with their cameras, and try to take a picture of Bozo while they're driving on the expressway. So it's very dangerous. It's uh, unsafe you know, in a hundred ways. Yes, it is. It, re- it really is. Um, you know, that's why we now have uh, motorcade uh, and shut down the major expressways whenever Bozo is on the move. Clown, <laughs> Clown One, we call it. I, I, I understand. Clown One.
0: Does the uh, and, does, does the security team have a code name for Bozo? <laughs>
7: Yes, they do. Clowny uh, one. Clowny one. Clown I think it should be a. Di- I think it should be a different name. That sounds too obvious to
0: me. Yeah, I think they should call him something that's a little more clandestine, Dave. Like possibly, oh, I don't know, Dave. Dave is on the run. Something like that. Yes. Or,
3: or just go with yeah. instead of POTUS, go with like BTC.
0: Oh, right. look at you! Yeah, yeah, just go with the initials. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, all Great. right. So let me ask you a question. You're going to be traveling tomorrow, so you won't be with us, right?
7: Uh, no, I will be back. I'm, uh, I'm leaving this afternoon. I'll be back, uh, tomorrow morning at the WGN TV where we're having our big, our sixth annual, uh, hunger, uh, food drive. Oh to feed people who are homeless and the people who need food for the holidays. So uh, we'll be back, and uh, yes, we'll we'll be doing the segment live with you tomorrow morning.
0: Well, the reason I bring it up is we did not want to miss out on the fact that uh, you know we want your full Mister Rogers movie review. We'll get that tomorrow.
7: Yeah, we'll get that tomorrow, and also my review for uh, Frozen Two. Much anticipated Frozen Two.
0: Cindy's on the phone from Crystal Lake. Cindy, you're a rock lover.
5: Oh, I love him. But more importantly, not just from his movies or the wrestling, is he is a humongous uh, Instagram influencer with his workout. And he's just amazing. All the guys at the gym and, you know, my young adult son, we all follow him. And it's just amazing his workout,
9: um, you know, Instagram, ITV stuff that he does.
0: And and yeah and we would all be uh, thank you uh, for listening Cindy. We would all be better suited Dean if we would do the same workout. I like the one where he moves a building.
5: The other thing that I love about his Instagram <laughs> is he then posts his after workout meal uh-huh. and it is it's humongous. Yeah. He eats like it's like 40 40 pieces of sushi and you know it's, and he always has a, a drink of tequila as well. Tequila is his drink uh, of choice.
7: He's a big tequila drinker. I believe that maybe because he's uh, part owner of a tequila company so Ah. there may be some some profit uh, margins involved in all that but uh i can't speak for steve i think it's true i know it is for me i could easily eat 40 pieces of sushi (laughs) too
0: oh absolutely yeah i like to call that the appetizer Uh, a couple of texters suggesting that bozo's security name should be clotus clown of the united states c-l-o-t-u-s
7: Clotus, Clotus would be good. Um, when I uh, when I talk, I'm going to talk with The Rock and Kevin Hart today. I'm very excited to talk with Kevin because this is his first round of interviews since that the terrible accident, since his spinal surgery, uh-huh. uh, all of that. So I think we're going to have a good conversation. But uh, you know, uh, uh, I'm going to I'm going to ask Rock about his uh, workout and his uh, post. Uh, you know, it's that time of year we're all going to be eating too much. Does he have some tips for us for more healthy eating and working out for the holidays?
0: The average American, Dean, statistically it's a proven fact, between Thanksgiving Day and New Year's Day, gains 74 pounds.
7: Well, well I don't know. You know, again, I can only speak for myself.
0: Uh, let's see, 815. Dean, when you're driving a clown around, who wears the clown name tag and who wears the moron? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's
7: self-evident. I think you can all make up your own minds on that.
0: And 309, I thought all the clowns were at the impeachment hearings. Yeah, da-da-da-da-da. Look what they yeah, did there. Da, 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 da. All right, a couple of things in showbiz before we run out of time. Grammy snubs.
7: Yeah, there were, uh, you know, the, the big uh, wins yesterday. The most nominations went to Billie Eilish and to um, um, the... The other name, the other name that I would uh, pay a hundred dollars for if I could remember <laughs> right at the moment.
0: <laughs> well, you tell us about Billie Eilish. Lizzo. Oh, a, oh, Lizzo. Oh,
7: Lizzo. 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 Got it. Got yeah, it. Yeah, Lizzo. Lizzo got eight nominations. Billie Eilish, uh, same. She's the youngest artist to receive nominations in all the top category. But uh, people are are talking about the, the snubs this year. Uh, Taylor Swift. Uh, snub this year, BTS, the Korean, you know, super boy band snubbed this year, uh, Halsey, Marin Morris, uh, among those that were snubbed this year. So, uh, Madonna snubbed this year. Some of the, uh, you know, some of the classic artists, uh, not getting nominations at all this year. So it's going to be interesting. The awards uh, come out uh, sometime after January, but, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's the buzz on the beach here, Steve, uh, wise.
0: Lizzo will be appearing as a musical guest on Saturday Night Live on December 21st when Eddie Murphy returns to host.
7: Right. How about that? Right. Um, I also announced yesterday that Scarlett Johansson is going to be back. She's going to be a six, six-time SNL host. Uh, she is engaged to Colin uh, Jost, who hosts, uh, an update
0: right 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 uh the fine people of wyoming moved to wyoming or grew up there and stayed for a reason it's big sky country
7: they, you know you buy you buy land in wyoming because you want things natural and beautiful and to, to be, uh, you know, unaffected. Uh, Kanye West, as we told you, uh, purchased uh, quite a bit of land there to build this super home, and the first thing that he wanted to do was start building an amphitheater on his ranch. Now, it's his property, but the Park County Planning and Zoning Commission there uh, decided that uh, he cannot build an amphitheater on his property. They, they don't want... Um, they don't want it, uh, you know, in, in the, this vast land of uh, Wyoming, that it has to be included within his residential space. But he can't build, you know, something uh, separate on, on the side there. So this may be, uh, you know, a little bit of a blow to this, this huge money that he spent to purchase this property there.
0: Um, Wyoming's slogan, I'm being told, is the world needs more cowboys. What's big, what's big Sky Country? Is that Montana? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Um, and finally, Samuel L. Jackson dropped from what?
7: Well, he wasn't dropped from a movie, but um, a movie was supposed to come out during the holiday season called The Banker, uh, in, a story about a, a tech company that uh, involved in some dirty dealings like that could ever happen in real life. Sure. But uh, Samuel L. Jackson and Anthony Mackie starred in the movie. It was supposed to come out mid-December. Yesterday, abruptly, Apple uh, TV uh, had dropped releasing the movie. They're not saying why. All they say is that there are some concerns about the movie that were brought to their attention that need some more time to figure out. They didn't say specifically what that was, but uh, this never happens where... A movie, especially with big stars, especially around Christmas time, uh, you know, where a movie just you know suddenly gets pulled from the schedule like this. So there's there's something going on with with all that. We'll just keep you posted on that.
0: All right, and Ed called. We don't have time to grab Ed's call, but Ed, we thank you for the question. Ed wants to make sure I'm right about it and that Lizzo is performing on SNL, not Wizzo.
5: It is Lizzo. <laughs> yes.
7: That that is (laughs) Wizard passed twice. That would be that would be quite the headline if somehow Wizard was performing on SNL. Uh, So today I'm going to talk with uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson, Kevin Hart, and the stars of uh, Jumanji Two. I'll be back in Chicago. I'll tell you more about it uh, tomorrow. If any of them get mad at me, uh, you know, call me names, punch me out, Uh, we'll have some good stories to tell.
0: All right, thank you, buddy. that's DNA. (laughs) Okay. Take 29. We'll come back with the uh, news. Oh, we're going to the news now. Uh, well, you know why? Because Steve's standing by. He's got things to do. He can't be waiting around for me. Right, Steve? No, they pay me to wait for you. I'm, oh, I'm serving at your pleasure, sir. All right. Well, stand by then, because as soon as the music starts, it's going to be time for you to update us on everything going on. And I think I can almost hear it now. Uh, we're not going to have time to get through all of this. Uh, maybe I can extend it into uh, next hour. But I do have... The new list of uh, uh, toys that you need to be careful with. Remember, the, the, Mary Vandervelde, you know this, as the other uh, grandparent on the show, this is the stuff that you have to be careful giving to kids because some safety group has determined that the kids shouldn't play with these uh, because they'll shoot somebody.
2: Or or chemistry or kits or, yeah, erector sets.
0: Unsafe Toys, uh, James Swartz, director of World Against Toys Causing Harm, is uh, the person who is in charge of all this stuff. You want to hear about a couple of these? Yeah. How about uh, a realistic toy machine gun that's actually being sold at toy stores around the country? It fires uh, plastic uh, pellet-sized things. It can sting or leave welts. But I think the symbolism of this is probably the bigger problem. Agreed. Um, there's also the danger from strangulation by a pull-along what? caterpillar. This is a toy for infants. Oh. They're encouraging infants' toys not to have, you know, long ropes and things that you can pull along. Mm-hmm. I think infant is wrong. An infant's not going to actually right, pull maybe it. Maybe toddlers. Toddler. Mm-hmm. Toddler. I would also say that, yeah, I get why this could be a problem in certain circumstances. But then again, there is that thing where you have to actually watch the children. <laughs> uh there's a toy in here uh there's several that uh, are pointed out that nerf makes that are problematic uh one is called the nerf ultra one which fires the world's farthest flying nerf dart ever will shoot a nerf dart up to 120 feet and of course a great problem there is it takes a certain amount of pressure and power to fire a nerf dart 120 feet and if you're a boy You're going to get super close to your cousin, and you're going to shoot him at point-blank range, and he's going to end up in the hospital.
2: My brother used to nail me with Nerf, and my kids, my two Mm -hmm. boys, would just love the Nerf guns. We had so many of them, the big, huge ones, the small ones, all sizes.
0: Nickelodeon is being cited as problematic for their new ice cream-scented Nickelodeon slime.
2: Ooh, that sounds edible. The words ice cream and slime should not be together. The org-
0: the organization notes that Nickelodeon's frozen treat slime includes mint chocolate chip, berry smoothie, and more. <laughs> you know, as an adult, you can take that risk. You can go. There's really, nothing to eat in the house. Hey, that mint chocolate chip slime, <laughs> maybe. But yeah. if it smells really good,
5: it's you get enticed, especially Is- if you're a little kid. Is it prepackaged or frozen?
0: Uh, no, I think you got to make it. Oh. And then one more, and i will do a bunch of these later as well. Uh, the Power Rangers electronic cheetah claw, which you grab in your hand with a grip and you push a button and the claws come out. This is perfect for running and poking your eyes out. You know, when you always thought your mom was making that up.
2: Turns out she wasn't. <laughs> do you remember the big boxing glove? My son had one of those big boxing gloves. giant boxing glove. Talk about dangerous. I mean, you just go around smacking everything. I mean, you can take a lot of safe toys
5: and turn them into danger toys. Well, sure you can with every toy.
2: You can take a stick and it's dangerous. (laughs)
0: Yeah, that's why the Steve Cochran running stick that'll actually poke your eye out is really caught on. Uh, Jeremy Carlton joins us. Now, Coach, how are you? I'm good. Good morning to you all. Good morning to you. Good morning. Um, I was out there Sunday night. Nice run going on. And I said this, Coach, tell me if I'm wrong about this. Even the other night where the first two periods were flat at best, get two goals early in the third, you got six minutes left with a chance to tie. It didn't work out. There's an empty netter at the end. But that felt like a good loss to me. In other words, I, I know the streak ended, but the team feels like it's in a good place.
8: Well... I wouldn't call it a good loss, um, just because we're not we're not happy with how we played the first two periods. Okay. But uh, what we we did show was that we're not out of it. We're never out of it, and that we have the the firepower to to come back. And that we did we stuck together in the third. Um, we give ourselves a chance to climb back into the game. So that that will take with us. And then it's just the response to make sure we start on time. And, and, uh, I mean, we, we just weren't very good, uh, the first two periods and you know what, they're a really good team. They have an excellent, uh, decor and, uh, their forwards, uh, Tremendous work ethic. They they forecheck really hard and they they backtrack even harder. So you know that was a difficult team to play against. But uh, you know we would have liked to perform better the first two periods and then probably we do win that game.
3: Well, one reason you were able to to come back in that game was uh, you've got this thirty one year old now thirty one year old guy out there who uh, kind of ignites you. Talking
0: you talk about Grandpa Kane.
3: Yeah, that's the guy. That's the guy. Uh, and and you look at some of the milestones he's hitting, and I mentioned this a little earlier, 599 assists now. He's getting up there close to 1,000 points. You haven't coached him for all that long, but but can you tell when he gets kind of into one of these grooves where everything seems to be clicking for
8: him? Yeah, no question. It's uh, And you can kind of feel it coming like I thought we were when we were on the, the West Coast trip there, you know, and, and Anaheim and, and San Jose. He wasn't quite uh, untracked yet, but you could tell it was close. And, uh, you know, he was able to break through, and, and now he's really feeling it, and he's making a difference for us every night. And, you know, uh, against Carolina, it, it didn't happen for him early, but uh, once he got going in the third, it, it just felt like every time he touched the puck, he was doing something special. So, uh, pretty pretty exciting player to watch and obviously uh, he's a treat to coach and uh, there's going to be a lot more of those my big milestones coming up because he's uh, he doesn't stop
0: Who are you uh, noticing having a great season that we're not talking about? Um, and I know you well, never I, miss I, a minute of this show coach, so who would it be?
8: Yeah, I'm just guessing who you're not talking about What? Um, what? <laughs> Probably, uh, you know, in the games that he's played, I think Murphy's been really good. That's, yeah. that's uh, he's taken another step uh, as far as uh, his yeah. contribution to the team. Uh, a bunch of probably, shots. Yeah, he's he's doing a good job, and I'm sure you guys talk about the goaltenders, so I don't yep. need to go there. I think uh, Brandon Sod's been excellent. You um, know, basically, start to finish here. There's. What about, what about you? What about you? How would
0: you rate you, the, the so-called <laughs>
8: If you had to, you get, had to give yourself a
0: grade, what would you give yourself right now?
8: I don't know about that, but I got got to get better. Got to keep getting better.
0: Okay, well, we all so, need to improve.
3: You're you're in a really. I mean, I know you look at an 82 game schedule, and you're not saying, "Well, there's an easy game. This is an easy game," but. You're in, a, you're in a really exceedingly, you would think, difficult stretch. Now you just come off uh, playing Vegas and Nashville, and and you get uh, Carolina. Now you get Tampa Bay coming in. Then you get back to divisional play with two against Dallas, two against Colorado. But this, the Tampa Bay has has seemed to be a, a tough matchup for the Blackhawks. But that that they're kind of that way for everybody, aren't they?
8: Yeah, they're a good team. I think. You know, it's kind of a league now. They're they're all tough stretches. Like there's there's really not any easy games. Um, every team that comes in, it kind of depends on their form, like how they're how they're playing at the time. Um, you know, we we just had you know Vancouver, Pittsburgh, Toronto, Vegas. You know, yeah. beforehand you think, wow, that's really tough. You know, those teams are gonna it's gonna be difficult. Nashville, obviously, but. You know, it's a different game every night, and if you take care of your own performance, typically you're going to get points because the the league is so tight. Um, so the teams that play well, they get points on that night.
0: Steven Stamkos has been one of the NHL stars for many years. Now not had a great season last year, may be a little behind that pace this year so far, but he's 29 years old. Is he just getting dangerous? He's certainly not past his prime.
8: No, no, he's still got a lot of hockey left in him. And I think that team, they're, they had such a good season last year, regular season. And then, you know, playoffs certainly didn't go the way they wanted to. And I I think they're, they're pacing themselves and, uh, they're making sure that they're ready for the important time of year. They're still a very difficult club and they're, they, they're going to, of course, they got to win enough games to get in, and they'd like to have home ice and all those things. But uh, they had a really good team, so don't let you know the, the start. I, I shouldn't let no one should be fooled. Um, they got a great lineup, and it's going to be a tough game.
3: Yeah, Kucherov uh, got shaken up the other night. Apparently, he's going to play tonight. When you talk about understanding that it's really more about your performance night in and night out, because. If you if you do what you do then you're gonna end up with getting points is that a tough thing to get across to to young guys who haven't been through the rigors of an NHL season before like a, a guy like Kirby Doc even though he may be the exception I think to a lot of rules
8: hmm well it's it's a, it's definitely really important and more important than ever uh, for those guys I'm not sure that it's it's not like they're resistant to it. Mm -hmm. It's just they probably don't realize how important it is when you play 82 games and every night it's a test. You really can't focus on anything else other than your next shift, uh, your own performance. We always, we're going to talk about the opposition and and certain things they're doing and and maybe areas we can have success, but um, it all comes back to what we're trying to do and uh, focusing on that and focusing on your next shift. And I think for young players, as soon as they figure that out, then they become really good pros and, and excellent in each other's.
0: Brian Campbell will be honored tonight with one last shift. How much of his career did you catch?
8: I, I think a good portion. You know, he played for a long time. So, great. Oh, he was a great player for a long time. So, uh, obviously, uh, he's got a lot of respect from, from a lot of people in the hockey world.
0: Yeah, so it would be fun to see a tribute to him tonight. Blackhawks do a great job with that as well. Uh, Gee, uh, last word to you. And normally you don't ask a hockey question. You take coach out of the hockey world. But this is hockey-related.
5: This is hockey-related, coach. So here we go. I would like to know if you practice yoga and are as flexible as your goalies.
8: Good question. <laughs> I did when I was playing. Um, At the end, anyway, my last few years, I got into it, and uh, for me, I thought it was excellent. So what do you do do to
5: de-stress, then? Anything to
0: de-stress?
8: Now, I I hang out out with my kids.
0: And he talks to me on the show. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. exactly. Who's more bendable, Crawford or or, uh, Leonard? I don't know. (laughs) you know what coach that's the exact right answer to a stupid question (laughs) good for you man uh thank you coach enjoy tonight i feel another streak coming on sounds good see you later thanks Thanks a lot thank you (laughs) you know that that's that's one that you really
3: ought to just isolate isolate super joe you gotta isolate that just just use it at random
0: on the show who's more bendy Uh, i don't know idiot
11: <laughs>
0: he didn't say idiot. Oh, he said idiot. The no. silence. <laughs> yeah, I he think he the silence said picky. it. He, he did didn't verbalize pause. idiot, but he said idiot. Now let me tell you something. He wasn't wrong. <laughs> you know, I love doing this show and I love being here, but I gotta tell you, I would rather be right now at a school on the near north side where Abigail is doing her first on stage performance. Oh. oh
2: no. Yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, they'll a, take a video. I'm getting some pictures sent to me now. It's pretty cool. Is she starring in Oklahoma this morning? She is. Yeah. Yeah, She's she's got a show-stopping number like you wouldn't believe. And this may be a familiar voice to you, mystery guest. Uh, please say something.
6: Oh, good morning, Steve Cochran. Oh, and yeah. Oh, well, well, look Happy how professional days week.
0: Oh, look how professional she is now. <laughs> it's almost like she's done this before.
6: Oh, Love it.
0: I Andrea Darlis is here, looking fabulous. So good to see you.
6: It's great to see you guys too. Happy Very Thanksgiving. To be here. Happy Thanksgiving early, and, and all your families. Love you guys. Miss you guys. Um,
0: and, uh, and Andrea. And right now, um, you are working with the University of Illinois in what capacity?
6: I am. I'm the Senior Director of Constituent Engagement based in Chicago, so we are painting the town orange and blue all year long, but especially this week because it's Illini days.
0: And introduce who you brought in.
6: Dr. Robert Jones, our Chancellor, and Robin Kaler, our Director of Public Affairs.
0: Nice to see both of you.
4: Thanks for being here. Great to be here, Steve. Uh, explain what a chancellor does. You know, that's a fundamental question everybody wants to know, and I'm still trying to figure out myself. But the definition
0: is slightly different from
4: university to university, right, as far but as You know, e- that's one of the things some of us often complain about. We wish somebody would, decre- would de- make a decree that it would be one way or the other. Uh-huh. Some universities, the chief executive officer, yep. so that's basically what I am. I'm the chief executive officer of the University of Illinois of champaign and I'm called a chancellor. Prior to coming here, I was the chief executive officer of SUNY Albany, and I was the president. Same job, just different title. Um, The responsibility is
0: immense. So who do you need to recognize on your staff? Everyone.
4: Everyone does an <laughs> amazing job.
0: You're not responsible for Coach Lovey's beard, though, right? That was his choice?
4: No, that was uh, part of his free expression <laughs> kind of framework. Yeah. Andrea, jump in.
6: Oh, I just, if we can talk about the bowl, if we can talk about uh, Illini Days, that would be Well, huge. talk about Illini Days a little bit. Well, well What's happening? Well, Illini Days, this is, uh, this is one of our biggest weeks in Chicago. We've had events going on from Monday through Friday, starting with a panel that Robin moderated because next year is the... 150th anniversary, nice. Robin? The mm-hmm. centennial of when women were first admitted to the University of Illinois. How about that? So Dave, had, do you remember uh, that? Yeah. So, <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> so we had some uh, some leaders of the university who are women uh, talk a little bit about their journeys and Um, And how far women have come. Yeah, and tonight we have a a panel in Oak, Brook that I'll be moderating with some of these names. Get this, Don Edwards, he's the CEO of FlexPoint, Kim Lewis, who you know, Mm -hmm. the CEO of CurlMix, Jennifer Mm -hmm. Weigel. And we have a student, uh, Trey Harris, who's going to be on our panel. And we had a wonderful event at Soldier Field earlier this week with Josh Whitman and all of the coaches uh, without Lovey though, because obviously he's he's a little busy right now with yeah. all of our coaches. Well, how which about that huge football success. teams turn also around?
4: About, how about that? Isn't that amazing? And the marching yeah. Illini uh, made an appearance. Fun.
6: Yeah, the marching fun. Illini were in uh, Federal Plaza. We had a couple hundred people out there in the rain watching the marching Illini perform a concert on the streets of Chicago. So it was very cool. You know, you could have week. called
0: us to come over. You know how I am with my drum majorette background.
6: I know, <laughs> I know. I like I like the uniform that sure. you wear, too sparkly.
0: Kind of we'll come back talk more about your you the University of Illinois, and uh, we'll actually let Mary Vandeville jump in since so she's a proud. Alumni who's desperately embarrassed that she didn't dress for this occasion and she's hiding in Traffic Central.
6: Former alumni. We're going
0: to make her come in and say hi. To uh, these fine folks. And our friend Andrea Darlis is here. Hawking her favorite topic. The University of Illinois. Uh, And uh, in studio as well. uh, Robin and Dr. Jones. Dr. Jones, what do I call you? Is Dr. Jones okay? Robert would do just fine. Robert's okay? (laughs) Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I guess I don't have to be afraid of calling him Robert.
6: Well, now that you guys know all the same people. Because I was telling you, Dr. Jones was casually mentioning his friend Janet Jackson in conversation one day. And I said, oh, I'm sorry, Janet Jackson the superstar? And he casually said, oh, yeah. We we have some
0: mutual friends in Minneapolis where (laughs) I spent some time. And I'll tell you a quick Janet Jackson story. I was doing stand-up comedy one night, and Janet and Terry and Jimmy and everybody came out. And afterwards, (laughs) I'd like to tell people I had a long talk with Janet, because she stood up and went, you were very funny. (laughs) That was the entire conversation. So we
4: were very, very close. You know how wordy she can be. That's very typical of the conversations (laughs) you have with Janet. Uh, And I can tell you we are eternally grateful for her, because the group that I sang with, Got a recording contract with Jimmy Jam and Terry, even though they were very much aware of our music. They used to come to our performances, but they were finishing up a Rhythm Nation album. How about that? And she decided that, okay, well, <laughs> what are we going to do tonight? And we happened to be doing a show called Music for Martin. At the Artway sure. Theater over in St. Well, Paul. Great theaters in the country. One of the greatest in the country. And she absolutely fell in love with the group. And I guess she elbowed Jimmy throughout the whole concert so much he was sore on his left or right side. <laughs> and they brought her backstage, introduced mm-hmm. her to us. And 30 days later, we had a recording contract with the Sounds of Blackness. And they started perspective records just to record our music. And so that's
6: and, my Janet Jackson story. And? Two-time Grammy winner? (laughs) Yes, two-time Grammy winner for the Sounds of Blackness. That's right. How about that? Did you ever consider going pro? (laughs)
0: Well, I was pro. I know you were.
6: (laughs) (laughs) We can't get him to sing, though. He won't sing for us.
0: All right, so let's talk a little bit about, uh, um, the, I mean, we know the good news of the, of the football team and all that, but what are some of the pressures now at the University of Illinois? It seems like funding is in order, uh, applications are at uh, a high. Um,
4: what do you need to say about that? I mean, we, we, the way we describe this uh, period that we're in now is absolutely record-breaking. We have the largest freshman class in the history of the university, the largest student population in the history. We went over 50,000 student faculty. We're over 51,000 students this year in Urbana-Champaign. We have the most diverse class in the history of the university in terms of race and ethnicity, about uh, 23%. And almost 24% of our students are first-generation college students. It's kind of amazing when you think about at this point in time that there's still a large number of people out there who are the first in their families to pursue a higher education. And as a public plan-grant university, that's something that we are very proud it's a of. Huge deal. And it Robert, also still. the
6: first year that the uh, <coughs> students from families with an income of $61,000 or less get to go tuition and fee free. Yeah,
4: that's, that's the other big idea that we think is a game changer for us. We came up with this idea, announced it last September, and it's been a game changer. It's called the Illinois Commitment, where we decided that we knew that there was a large cohort of students who never bothered to apply to the University of Illinois at champaign Felt like they couldn't afford it? They couldn't afford yeah. it. Absolutely right, Steve. They felt they couldn't <laughs> afford it. And so, therefore, why waste my time yep. if I can't afford it? And so we decided to take the affordability, i.e., the sticker price, off the table for this cohort of young people by making uh, a four-year commitment for free tuition and fees for any student from a family with the income of 61000 or less, or a three-year commitment if you are transfer students. You've gone to one of the community colleges. a college, huge deal. And it has been transformative. It resulted in this fall, 30% of the students from Illinois who applied and enrolled at the university received the Illinois commitment, 30 well, God bless, man. It's a big deal. It's a game changer. It's a
0: big deal, and with the stresses and the pressures the state of Illinois has, a lot of them self-made in Springfield, it's a very big deal to keep the great brains being trained at the U of I in the state of Illinois, and Absolutely. this is the kind of loyalty that gets engendered by that kind of move by the university. So it's great. i got to get Mary Vanderbilt in here before we run out of time. A fine graduate of said <laughs> university. What do you want to say, Mary?
2: Oh, I'm
6: just so excited you guys are here in this Illini Days. I mean, you had one in the summer, correct, as well? That was Illini Fest. Oh,
2: Illini Fest. Yes, with which so, we're doing
6: again, we can safely say, oh, January of 2020. We'll be back in Millennium And I, I have Hark. to say, I think Mary could have shown up in her line. That outfit yes. still would have fit her. No question. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, she
2: looks great. It, it yeah. disintegrated. Sorry.
6: <laughs> Especially my, <that> was a <laughs> lot my of, sequence to disintegrate. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> you got a
0: question for these? Well, I,
2: I, this is the best question. How is the mood on campus now that CAMS is closed? <laughs> oh,
6: I thought you were going to say because the bull bid. <laughs> well, that too. Well, uh well, Explain what Cam's is. Under it. Cam's is a, one of the most famous bars in downtown. Chant- well, it's da- it's campus town. It's right downtown. How
0: has that affected things,
4: Chancellor? Are we okay? Well, I think we will be just fine. It's,
6: fi- it's reopening a few blocks away. That's oh, it We'll be fine.
4: Let's just say uh, my Thursday and Friday afternoons when I'm working late in the office is a bit quiet now. <laughs> <laughs> my right. office, I overlook. Oh. When I look out of my <clears> window... There's, There's cams. For dollar For bottles. the moment. Are your feet still stuck to the floor?
6: Yes. Like it, most yes. of ours. That was their people, slogan? People were literally yes. leaving when they were with parts closing of it down with parts of cams. Oh, no. You know, parts of the wall it, and benches walking out with them. Actually, nice
2: history. one of
6: my daughters or friends is uh, um, in the sorority across the way from
2: cams. What is that? Thetas? Mm-hmm. Thetas. And uh, she said, can I get a piece of cams for you? I said, yes. <laughs> yes. Steal something.
0: Right? Yeah. Please <laughs> feel free. There we go. This That's is the kind homes. of behavior that got her kicked out of after four years and a <laughs> diploma. Right. <laughs>
3: right.
2: Exactly. All
0: right, Andrea, last word.
6: Oh, I-
3: Oh, Dave! Dave wants to ask. Oh, I well, I just—I'm going to be in Champaign a week from Saturday. That's right, November 30th. They yes. battle for the Land of Lincoln yes. Trophy, so yes. I want to know what I can expect.
6: You can well, expect a line. I win. Okay, I no, that's not what yes. I was. We're <laughs> going to take, I think, Iowa this weekend, and yes. then, then Northwestern. You know, the we're on a quest. The Dave.
4: Cats have won the last four and six of the last seven. That doesn't know. matter. We've demonstrated that. You your it doesn't mean anything to us? Because well, we're red this year. That's we won a game in the last. Give us one second. Give us five seconds enough time so to win. Yeah, game, right? Right? that's okay. very and, true. And I think
6: the, the magic be up by twenty five. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter. They don't care. <laughs> the magic phrase in the in the locker room now is thirty one, because that was the point spread that they thought Wisconsin was going to beat Illinois by. And I believe Robin's husband he was the one who said, "Hey, you have to play the game. That's right. Before that's you to show time. up, that's why, that's why we why show, up show up to play. And
0: that's why those it uh, the stadium uh, it needs to be full uh, yeah. when uh, Northwestern comes to town. That's
6: Absolutely. right. Absolutely, we'll be there, Dave.
0: It's great to meet you guys. Thank you. You're always welcome here. Can and, we give uh, this uh, to
6: you? This is for Abigail. It's uh, Illinois, our oh, fantastic. state, our team. And because Isaac is so young, we got him some soft blocks. Oh, that's Diego. great.
0: He can throw those at, at his grandfather's head.
6: Yeah. Future students. There you go. Yeah. Future alumni. Future, future right.
0: Is early admission at four months? Is that too early?
6: <laughs> Not at all. Sure. Not at all.
0: Uh, fine work. And uh, thank you for the work you continue to do. And I know how tough it must have been to leave home up in Minneapolis to come here. So you must have made a decision. You felt good about
4: yes uh it's just hard to say no to illinois let me just put it that way there you go All right. Nice to see you. Andrea,
6: care, Steve. Nice to see you guys. Happy Thanksgiving.
0: we just got a couple minutes to say hi, and then we'll come back and talk a little bit more. But first, let's talk about the important things. Old friends here, Jim Rolf, and before we talk about the cause, uh, don't you have a birthday in your life today?
11: I do. Thanks, Steve. Uh, It's my son Jacob's 13th birthday. And
0: uh, And tell people why he didn't come in with you.
11: (laughs) He said it was more important to go to science class. And uh, his middle name is Michael uh, in honor of my dad who passed away from pancreatic cancer. And I know that my dad would be so proud of him today. And, no kidding. Uh, yeah.
0: And you got to meet the chancellor.
11: I got to meet the chancellor and got to hear Carlton on the, right before him. Right.
0: Did you have an opportunity to work the chancellor like Mary Vandeville to try to get her transcript adjusted all these years later?
11: I just said, hey. Yeah, it looks like we're going to a bowl game.
0: How about that? Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, we have to talk about uh, these purple, if you're watching on CLTV, uh, which I think we have today. I'm not positive, but if we are up, uh, everybody, we got the purple bracelets on. And what do these say?
11: These say Catalyst for a Cure. It's for the Rolf uh, Pancreatic Cancer Foundation. Um, we are a foundation that was started about 20 years ago in honor of my dad, who passed away two weeks after being diagnosed with pancreatic cancer at the age of 61.
0: That's the great brutality of pancreatic cancer. The uh, cancer is hard to diagnose. You've got to be lucky enough to catch it early. And uh, when it is diagnosed, it can be a very quick uh, ending. Um how far have we gotten since your dad passed as far as research and development
11: goes? So uh, the last time I was here, I couldn't tell you that um, we had never seen stage four uh, surgeries being done. And and since that time, we have seen a couple. And we have people who were originally not candidates for surgery, have surgery, and are surviving. And that's just great news.
0: Well, this has become your life work for obvious reasons. Uh, give me a win. Give me a good story you like to tell people.
11: Well, um, we're so proud to be part of the World Pancreatic Cancer Coalition, and today is the uh, World Pancreatic Cancer Day, which is the it's a global day. It consists of uh, eighty organizations from over thirty countries and six continents. Uh, and really, it's about raising awareness. Uh, attention and better outcomes for this deadly disease.
0: We want to tell people how they can uh, get the resources they need if they love somebody who has been diagnosed or if they're concerned about their own health, but also how you can donate. So we'll do that when we come back. The texter writes I lost a 31 year old daughter in law with a 10 week old baby to pancreatic cancer just four weeks after diagnosis. My 50 year old, 8 year old father in law also died from the same. So as we rejoin Jim here on Pancreatic Cancer Awareness Day, yes? Yes. Um, what is it about this disease, and I don't know that there's a layman's answer to this, which makes it impossible for early
11: detection? Well, the problem is is where the pancreas is located. It's, uh, it's located you know behind the stomach in front of the spine, and it, that's a really hard location to, to see it. So you don't have all the normal symptoms. Uh, so when they find it, it's, they find it because it's metastasized, and that's become stage 4.
0: And the stage four surgeries that are being done, mm-hmm. that's you know a door that's opening to new frontiers of hope?
11: That's right. That's right. Um, when they can get, use the chemotherapy treatment to shrink the tumors to a manageable level where it makes it safe to go in and do surgery, uh, then they can remove it. Because that's how you beat cancer is by removing it.
0: I uh, have a hereditary uh, a genetic blood clotting condition. It's called an antithrombin 3 syndrome uh, deficiency, actually. Um, but when they were trying to figure out what it was, one of their concerns was pancreatic cancer because they didn't understand why the blood clotting was going on. When you go backwards like that, architecturally, I suppose, um, can they reverse engineer those type of things to do more research?
11: Well, I think, let's let's go back to the basics. The first step is knowing your risk, right? And, uh, and
0: genetics are a big deal?
11: Genetics are a big deal. I mean, cancer at the end of the day is a mutation, right? And, um, you know, I think as we approach the holidays, Thanksgiving, Christmas—you're going to be with your family, right? That's the time to have those conversations about, you know, what did Mom, Dad, Grandma, Grandpa die from? And then you start to get a pattern, and you start building a database, and that's when you start to know your risks. So uh, Jay,
0: jump in.
5: Well, I'm curious if there's, would, for example, with Steve, he's adopted. For somebody that maybe doesn't know their background, what would you recommend for them?
11: Well, you know, obviously you can always go and have genetic testing done. Um, but
0: How do you I, feel about genetic testing?
11: Uh, I think it's a very individual choice. Uh, I don't, my advice... Is when, the science right? Yeah, I think it is. Okay. I think it is. But I would caution you that if you're not prepared to act on the results, don't get the test. Because, you know, okay. you have to be able to act on whatever the results come up to be. And if it means that you have a mutation, that just means you're going to be screened a little bit more often.
5: Besides genetics, what are some of the other factors um, that we could hopefully, you know, make sure that we're not doing so that we don't encourage or uh, this won't be in the increase p- our chances? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
11: Well, okay. So there's a couple, you know, heads up warning signs. Uh, you know, people who are more more predisposed doesn't mean you're going to get it. Mm-hmm. But you know, diabetes, pancreatitis, if you were a smoker, obesity, um, race, age. And diet certainly increase your risk of pancreatic cancer.
5: It's just so scary just as the text uh, the texter said yeah. a, girlf- a very close girlfriend of mine her sister was diagnosed and then it was so quick within four months yeah. um, she was gone and that's what's so scary about this that there's no way it's to really diagnose cruel. it. Well, it's
0: like your dad—a yeah. month,
11: right? Uh, two weeks. Well, I mean, look, no cancer is good, uh, but if you look at, you know, breast, colon, and prostate cancer, and their five-year survival rates are all in the 95% range. Why? Mammograms, colonoscopies, and PSA tests. We don't have that like test yet. We're getting there, and we will get there within the next five years. I am supremely confident of That's that. That's great.
0: Um, uh, Aretha Franklin, I believe, had pancreatic cancer. Steve Jobs had pancreatic cancer. Alex Trebek. Alex Trebek as well. And um, a, a Texture points out there are two types of pancreatic cancer neuroendocrine and another type. Um, what's the difference, or is that hard to explain?
11: It's hard. It's probably too technical to okay. explain.
0: Um, is one worse than the other?
11: They're both not good. They're both bad. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, Bob Gibson just got diagnosed. Uh, Is that right? Yeah. I mean, uh, Arnie, Arnie Sorensen, uh, Marriott's international CEO, president and CEO.
0: Is there an age range where you're most likely to have the problem?
11: Uh, we are seeing more in their 40s. Uh, wow. Yeah. yeah but you. but that's also an opportunity for us because um, we're seeing it sooner. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: All right, so aside from this being Awareness Day, and the more awareness we have, the more need that's addressed, but also, as you said, your risk factors and things of that nature, mm-hmm. how do we help? Because you know, I, I know there's research dollars that go to pancreatic cancer, but they're not like the research dollars that go to other cancers. And that's by right. the way, this isn't a contest. It's just all of these cancers need as much money as possible with the best brains in the business to figure out what's going
11: on. Yep. So how do we help? So there's two ways to help. Um, one is uh, our website is www. Foundation.org, and you can donate right there. Our efforts tend to be more focused on early detection because we think that's how you get it, nip it in the bud. Uh, but certainly today is you know World Pancreatic Cancer Day, and you can go to www.worldpancreaticcancerday.org. That's another way. You'll see our billboards up uh, on our Orleans in Chicago and at Halstead and Division. You'll see Willis Tower and... Uh, uh, um, Another tall building? Uh, yes. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. It's all right. Uh, John Hancock. I'm that's sorry. the other John, tall building. That's the other tall building in Chicago. They'll be lit up in purple.
0: Um, well, you're doing great work. Thank you. And uh, your dad would be proud. I know I tell you that whenever I talk to you, but I know it's true. Right. And uh, And thank you for coming in to address it.
11: I really appreciate you having us on. It's always a pleasure to come in and talk to you guys. All right. Thanks. Thank you.
0: It is uh, 953. The uh, Steve Cochran show. Uh, Dane Neal will be on at uh, 10 o'clock. And um, there's not a lot I can say about Bill and Wendy being uh, released yesterday. Uh, But I will say this. I love him. Uh, Bill's been a friend for 20-plus years. Uh, Wendy's one of the sweetest people you'd ever meet in a sensitive side to her that you wouldn't necessarily know, which is really fantastic as well. They're fantastically talented. I wish them nothing but the best. This is a tough business, and uh, I've been through it. It doesn't make it any easier for anybody else. Um, I will say two things. One is uh, the next of folks that bought this station can do anything they want with it. Uh, it's their right as uh, owners. And one of the things that's going to happen with this show, aside from us going to 5 to 9, is is going to be doing the new Business Hour now, just when I thought she was starting to like me. <laughs> um, but uh, I just want to wish Bill and Wendy nothing but the best. And it, John Williams will be on from 9 to noon, uh, starting a week from Monday. We'll be on from 5 to 9. There's nobody that is more WGN than John Williams. And, uh, yeah, it's different than the Bill and Wendy show. But you guys know John if you're fans and you listen. And uh, um, I, I just appreciate the passion about this place. But there's been so many texts, you know, just needed to address it to that level, unless you guys want to add something else. No, I
3: mean, I echo what you say about Bill and Wendy. Yeah. Terrific Absolutely. people and, and miss them. Yep. Well, yeah. the best. Every
5: day. I've only right. uh, been here since August, but they have been more than welcoming and supportive and wonderful and just a ray of sunshine every right. time uh, we would do that crosstalk we would do with them at the end of the show. So.
0: And Bill does owe me money. <laughs> no, um, uh, all right it is coming up at nine 55. let's do this last break we'll come back and uh throw it to dane Neal in a few minutes on 720 wgm dave when are the black Hawks on tonight they're on tonight at seven o'clock for chris Bowden
3: and the pregame extravaganza and then john weideman and troy murray who by the way i saw in the parking garage yesterday lost his parking ticket well i lost my id card so the two of us were wandering you know, like a couple
0: across. of old guys wandering yeah around. we were both
3: we were wandering around i couldn't get in the building he couldn't get his car out of the garage
0: it all worked out but yeah they'll be on at 7 30 oh
2: my gosh i lost my key fob too yesterday
0: you know this I, is crazy i can't help but on? notice but it's all the old people that are talking if about stuff they you lost lose,
2: Steve.
0: uh mostly my dignity yeah that's pretty much it uh, a couple minutes before 10, as I said, Dane's coming up. And uh, thanks for all the passion, uh, as I mentioned before, about this place. We're going to come back tomorrow and do a big Friday show. And uh, if you're getting ready for Thanksgiving, we've got some special Thanksgiving stuff we're going to start doing as soon as tomorrow. I don't know. What's everybody's plans? What are you doing? for Thanksgiving, what am i doing well
3: i'll be home i am going down to uh, fort myers florida with northwestern basketball okay. we, we got a tournament down there but i'll fly back on thanksgiving day so i'll get home and my wife will be will have the family already
0: i've never asked you this all the years we've been friends are you a cook uh i'm a carver steve i yeah, prefer to
3: think of myself as a carver
0: yeah me too
3: yeah. I, I I smoked a turkey breast last couple of years.
0: Was it hard to hold up? <laughs> yes, it was. Was it yeah. vaping? Did you vape it? <laughs> hey, uh, it's dangerous, Steve, to vape uh, turkey. I think yeah, you know that. We've seen the studies. That was coming.
5: I'm surprised you didn't ask him if he made a delicious kale salad. No, of no, course my he
0: wife wait makes that. So, and what are you doing for Thanksgiving?
5: I am going to be in North Carolina with my mother. Well, that's great. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So. And is there a chance I'm still going to meet her? You're going to bring her back?
5: Absolutely. I'm okay. bringing her back.
0: Excellent. Um, and uh, we have. Uh, well, how about you, Steve? Well, not a lot of time, but we have uh, all of my family coming out. And the good news is I won't be cooking. We're into the fabulous cook. She could do the cooking, but we may actually be bringing in a turkey from a ringer. So, uh, Mary, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? Mary Vandeville
2: Going to Wisconsin. Uh, My mother in law still cooks at the age of 84. God bless her. I know. She's wonderful.
0: In Wisconsin, all turkeys have to be stuffed with cheese. Is that accurate? Yeah, we have the wild turkeys, too. They're everywhere. Oh, so you kill them in the morning, pick the feathers out, and then cook them.
2: Got it. I'm Laura (laughs) Ingalls.
0: All right, we got to go. We're back here tomorrow, and uh, we'll do it again. It's the uh, Steve Cochran Show. Thank you for listening to it on 720 WGN.